Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Lost Lowdown. Hi. Podcast, We're back. Podcast number two. After a furious uh, beginning, uh, we're back. Yeah, yeah. So first we should thank everyone who has been listening thus far. We uh, we appreciate, uh, you know, everyone uh, listening and uh, hopefully... You know, there's a, a, a reasonable number of you. A reasonable number of you who are, uh, obviously are very all smart and beautiful and handsome. Right. Now, you don't seem to have much to say about what we're talking about. We love comments. Comments are uh, great. Uh, we wouldn't mind if you went ahead and said something. Yep. Uh, even if you hate it, whatever, it's all, it's okay. Yep. Um, if you if you just listen because you you hate our voices or whatever, just 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 throw us something. We we like to hear. We got one little comment and uh, and whoever that was, uh, thank you very much. Uh, I'm talking to you, sir. You right Mr. there, Mr. Anonymous. Yes, I personally responded, and I I appreciate your your little uh, effort there. So let's talk about this glorious episode. I I can't believe it. I can't believe it. episode 221. Question mark. Question mark. So titled, um, titled uh, just a symbol, kind of like pie. I understand it was actually an homage to pie, and that Darren Aronofsky was actually going to direct this originally. Interesting. Well, um, I don't know what to say about that, except it, it's good anyway. <laughs> Even if Darren what are you saying, pie uh, isn't good? No, uh, I'm just saying uh, it's good without 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 Darren's uh, involvement. Right. Oh, I agree. I agree. I'm not a huge fan of him anyway. Um, I just want to say to everyone who listened to the last one, um, one over twenty six to the seventh power. Thank you. Okay. Uh, if, and and you'll know what that means if you know what that means. Right. Uh, I don't even want to explain it. It's just just let it sit there. Just let it sit there. If you if you know what it means, then it's for you. If you don't, then believe me, I don't even care. Um, right. So where do we start? I mean, I guess I guess is there we sh- we're going to truncate the news section and all the frivolous stuff because there's so much interesting stuff to talk about uh, besides you know who did what in real world and all that good stuff. But um, you, did you you had a bit a bit of news yourself to uh, bring up, right? Yes, I did. Um, there was uh, I got this from LostLinks.net. I got LostLinks. LostLinks.net. Whenever we talk about LostLinks.net, we say uh, LostLinks. LostLinks. And so, uh, I don't know why, but it, it, it seems to work. <laughs> anyway, they they were they were kind enough to put our lowly podcast on their uh, page and. We certainly got some traffic from them, and so, uh, hey, if you haven't heard of Lost Links, go there. They've got uh, links related to Lost. What's the, uh, what's the URL? I believe the URL is uh, www.lostlinks, one word, dot net. Oh, so it's actually on the Internet. That's, that's cool. It is, yeah, I know. Well, I thought I, know. I was going to have to like go down to my local library and uh, go to the Lost Link section and you know use the card catalog to find my links. But uh, the Dewey Decimal System. Yeah, it's actually on that? the World Wide Web. That's uh, right. that's new. That's cool. That's Lost Link. It is. And remember, .net, not .com. .net. That's the network people. So let's uh, let's stop trying to be funny and uh, let's go to the, the good stuff. Please, yes, we're not we're not uh, getting paid to be comedians. So. Uh, the article <laughs> that implies they're getting paid. <laughs> well, the, that was uh, a joke. That, that, um, that, that's, that's the secret we're supposed to keep. Yeah, way to give away the. You just cost so, us the commission, Mister. Anyway, um, 
So, so there's a story here. Uh, it's it's in this column, this TV Guide column called Ask. No, it's called the All. I can't pronounce this guy's name. Osilio Osilio Report. Anyway, can't pronounce this guy's name. But anyway, he he's got he, uh, he writes a lot of lost articles for whatever reason. And uh, uh, the this this article that I got from Lost Links is is titled Why Lost Killed Libby. So. Um, it's basically an interview with Lindelof and Cuse, and they're explaining why they killed Libby. They've and, already explained uh, why, did they why kill they killed Anna Lucia, and now they're explaining why they killed Libby. And essentially the story, the story as they tell it is that uh, they, they, they – here's what – and I quote, We felt like we had run out of story for her. It happens. I scoff at that. Um and then they basically say that they will tell her story, um, her her story that was implied by the flashback. I reject um, my scoff. But they will tell it uh, posthumously. Posthumously? And, right. Um, so, okay, then I'll, I'll buy that. Because I was going to say, they ran out of story. Hey, wait, we all saw that look she gave. There's right. a story behind that look. I agree, I agree. But I, I guess they're saying they ran out of story for her on the island. Yeah, well, you know what? I really didn't want to see episodes of her and Hurley, like, frolicking in the in the jungle. Like, <laughs> I, I, I'm i glad she's dead because we would have got so much more of that. Oh, Hurley, I mean, oh, oh, Libby. I no, Libby is like, she turns into Hurley. She hangs out with him so much. She would, she would exactly turn into Hurley. <laughs> oh, okay, clear, please. Peanut butter, please. God, Hurley. All right, is that all the news? Because I'm ready to talk about the, the episode. Okay, okay, more more or less, that's the news. Let me let me blow through a couple of other things, okay? okay? Please, hurry. I listened to the official podcast, and I just want to mention a few little little fast facts that, fast I, that facts. I got from, from that. Okay. Um, the first thing was it was confirmed that the, the Dharma uh, initiative symbol, the lines that are on the outside, are indeed the the um, – the Chinese uh, bagua yes. uh, symbols or whatever, and they they mean these elements. So that was confirmed. The elements of like life and stuff, water, yeah, earth, fire, fire and stuff. Right. So whoever theorized that was correct. I mean, right. is that really a theory when it's it's like proven? I mean, that's like saying that the Dharma logo is, is theorized to be a, an octagon. I mean, it's it's obviously an octagon that was obviously those symbols. Well, but what that was. It wasn't just like a design, like they intentionally, I mean, I mean, maybe it's ridiculous that they would Well, just, I guess that you're saying well, it's, it's confirmed that they don't mean anything outside of what they mean in the real world, because yeah. they obviously were from that. Right, okay, yeah, I, I guess that's what I'm saying. Okay, okay. next thing is they, they admitted that, that, they actually, that they actually considered not killing Anna Lucia because they thought it would seem as though they were killing her because yeah. of the DUI thing. So they admitted that they considered changing things. I think that's important just in general. To know oh, I, I got something to mention about that. I've got a big thing to mention about that. Um, but I thought it was interesting. What I thought the explanation of why they decided not to change her storyline was very good and very, like, smart. They, they realized that, you know, 
in the you know the future of the show and when it's on DVD and people are watching it whenever they're not going to be thinking you know when when she's killed on the show oh that she you know she might have been killed because of the DUI no people are going to so forget that it's it's more important <clears throat> to to think about the show first and what other people think second you know in terms right. of why they do things so I, I think you know in terms of the show it is better that they sort of stuck to their guns and I didn't try to like you know change it just because today people are concerned if they did it for X, Y, and Z, you know. Right. I, I think that, yeah, I think that was definitely a good a good justification because, yeah, in the long run, you just want the best plot. You don't want to try to change. But I think the fact that they consider changing it just is, is an insight into their minds that they are they are actually open to making serious changes to the plot. So... I just wanted to throw that out. But the out question there. is, the question about that is when, when, uh, well, because they said another thing that, I mean, basically for the audience, uh, Justin and I had a conversation. Did we, was this on the last podcast? No. Okay, no, we had a conversation. Was, this was off podcast. It was, it was regarding the two group of, uh, the two others theory. There's the, the idea that there's two different groups of others. And um, uh, should we get into that now? I don't think so, okay. actually. Okay. I think we should postpone that for another time. Okay. Uh, basically, I think there's one group, he thinks there's two groups, yeah. and, uh, and we the basically have that, our own reason. Yeah, and the reason that he thinks there's two, that there's one group, uh, even though there sort of seems to appear that there's two groups, I don't buy in that, that uh, Damon said something that uh, I think supports my theory on why it's not true, that there's just one group, even though there appears to be two. Uh, so anyway, let's go to the next part. We'll okay, talk about that later. Right? Yeah, that's that's a, that's a big, obviously a big like show. Uh, as far as the show goes, that's, that's a huge sort of topic. So yeah. you know, uh, we'll we'll have to address that at some point. Anyway, okay. The next thing is uh, just a small thing. Uh, Widmore will pop up in the finale, and there are two branches of Widmore: British and American. That yeah. was just thrown out there. Yeah, that's actually from the book, though, too. The okay. book says that, uh, Bad Twin. But it's also in the official podcast, and so I thought I'd... Well, when yeah. we were popping up at the finale of Lost was not in the book, so... No, no, no. Well, so that was actually... That. We actually knew that from the uh, the spoiler link from the uh, the daily... Uh, what is it? The, um, the call sheet from the last episode. So we knew that... Uh, Remember that that scene where it says... Oh, you know, I forgot all about that. Let's not, um, let's not mention that, I guess. We probably shouldn't give that away, sir. Uh, yeah, let's not mention exactly what that was about, but um, even though you just you just sort of spoiled that from saying that. Oh, that was really shitty of me to do. Yeah, uh, can we... Let's go ahead and apologize for that little spoiler. I'm sorry. Uh, it was, it, even though it is news, it is a spoiler. We should have saved that towards the end, so sorry it, In my that. defense, it was in the official podcast. That's, so. That is true. That is true. It was an official podcast, so... So it's not like they were trying to hide it, but, but I'm sorry to anyone who didn't want to know that. Um, I'm hoping the people listening to this aren't... I mean, I don't. Hopefully, it's not one of those spoilers that ruins everything. I don't yeah. think it is. Okay. Uh, the ne- the next thing, quick thing. Um, uh, someone asked, uh, "Is Michael uh, brainwashed uh-huh. from from the last episode?" And uh, they didn't answer it, but they did say uh, one thing about about his sort of collapsing in front of uh, Jack and and Kate at the end of the episode before last. Uh, they said that. It wouldn't be very dramatic if he walked up and said, "Oh, hey guys, how's it going?" Yeah. And so 
that led me to believe that it really was written that way purely for drama. I totally buy that. I totally buy that. As a writer myself, I don't know how else I would write that scene. I w- you just can't write it. Oh, hey, guys, man, I've been, I've been so busy. I've got a lot to tell you. Let's go back to the hatch. No, there's, there's no way. Right. So, so I think the speculation about that. I mean, I think that's pretty much all there is to it. It, it was, it was a dramatic moment, and they, and they did it. So, okay. Uh, the next thing, just another small thing. Um, if you go to Amazon.com, the the bad twin uh, place for on Amazon.com, there there's an interview with Gary Troop. Uh, oh, interesting. Conducted by Led Granger. Um, very weird interview. I don't know what to make of it. It doesn't really make sense in terms of the the book is he's supposed to be on the island and yet he's being interviewed. I don't know what that means. Who but uh where is it? It's it, what sort of what section is it in? It's just right on the page if you if you go to um it's not in a section. If you just, you know, if you're on Amazon and you, you do a search for Bad Twin and you just pull up the, the page for it. Yeah. Well, okay. Well, I'll go look at it real quick, but I was wondering if it's in, like, you know, the, you know, they have different sections, like the review section versus the, like, critics right. review it's section. It's right towards the top. It's, like, right under where it says yeah. the price and and the, uh, the, uh, yeah, it's 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 just right it's right at the top pretty much. Okay. Uh, under right under where the picture of the cover is, it says amazon.com exclusive and then it gives you a link to the to the video clip of this this interview. Um there's this whole like Valenzetti equation thing. I mean, there's there's some bad twin discussion that that I I was thinking about sort of bringing but um I don't know. Uh Oh, it's uh, a, I'm sorry. It's a video clip of of his discussion. Yeah. Oh, that's that's worth mentioning that it's actual video, not just like a transcript of you know like a like a printed interview. That's what I right. assumed. It's actual audio. That's where I got that voice from. It's a strange old I was, British. I had fellow. no idea where you got that voice from. Didn't get it. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's all right. If you watch it, you'll see who I'm imitating. He's he's just he's got this very very old sort of like a like PBS uh, masterpiece theater introducer kind of voice. Oh, that seems that seems suitable. Yeah, it was. It, I, I whoever that guy is, I I, I love his his delivery. But well, anyway, I just want to bring that up. Uh, there's been a lot of speculation about Bad Twin. I just want to say I listened to the first chapter and uh, I don't think it's Stephen King, guys. No way. No, 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 no. I don't. I, there was someone else that they mentioned that it that it probably is, and his name escapes me at the moment. Uh, it was not, it was someone who's big on uh, in the crime fiction world, right? Uh, I don't know who who would think it'd be Stephen King. Why would Stephen King do this? I don't know. A lot of people brought that up, they, but as a as an avid reader of Stephen King, it's just not his style. It doesn't even the okay the story is definitely not his style, but just the 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 uh, the writing style is not. He's got a very distinctive style. Anybody who's read his books knows. And if you just listen to that first chapter, he would never write a first chapter like that. And by listening to it, you mean that there's obviously a link that you can get. Yeah, iTunes. Uh, iTunes is offering the first chapter for free. Uh, so if you have that, go listen to it. Yeah. If you want. Uh, I, I did it just because I was curious about the Stephen King thing. I doubt it was him. Um, obviously, it's somebody who's who's a writer. I, I you know, I, I kind of doubt it's any of the major sort of lost 
players. Um, I have a feeling they handed it off to some sort of person. I wonder if it's somebody, like, who does the diary or something like that. No, I think it's an actual – I have it somewhere. Uh, oh, God, I don't know. We'll, we'll say it later or something. There was a side that, that – People, people are people who know crime fiction think it's just one person who I think has ghostwritten books before. Right. Now I would buy that a crime fiction author much more. Yeah, it would be. It's it's a guy who's a crime fiction author because that's that's what it is. I mean, yeah, it's definitely it's, it's it's just a little detective story, and I guess it has connections to Lost, but I, I understand they're they're not you know terribly tenuous or important or, or they are tenuous so hey. i've got uh two bits of information to talk about if you're done are you done with the podcast yes uh, i'm done uh i d- one thing is is old but at the time when i heard it it was it was new uh information that the fact that the question mark question mark was an actual hatch um all those weeks when uh we were you know thinking about the blast door map and all that stuff i at least never considered that the question mark uh on the on the map was a hatch didn't really make sense to be a hatch um but in the in the podcast uh that that you know that aired before this episode aired where we actually find out it's a hatch they sort of let the cat out of the bag as it were it's one of those things that they do i guess they just you know like you've said before justin either they assume it's not a big deal or they assume everyone has already guessed it but uh yeah I don't think they, they don't sort think of did that with Henry Gale. They they yeah. kind of dropped that he was another when people were still debating it. And I, yeah. yeah. Another thing I want to mention was that uh, they confirmed that the Dharma Initiative has demised, or is demised, whichever is the correct way to say that. Um, they did. Yeah, which I think is a pretty big thing. I mean, some oh people, my god! I, mean, I, I always hear that part. I always assume that you know Dharma was not. It's sort of. When you think about the show, it seems like, you know, Dharma has sort of abandoned it. But, of course, there's people who think they're really still there and operating behind the scenes or something. But they, they, the creator said that, that you know, Dharma, Dharma is pretty much defunct. So that was a, that was a fairly big, uh, you know, revelation, I think, too. I did not hear that part, and I'm, I'm shocked. Yeah, no, they said it. They said it. Yeah. They wow. said it. Um, wow. And he, uh, Damon also said the Dharma logo was a hexagon, which I thought was hilarious. It obviously is an octagon, but uh, oh, Damon! I, I, I'm just gonna chalk it up to you know whatever. Not that I, I don't hold it against him. I just thought that was pretty funny. Yeah. Um. So either he's not good with shapes, or it was just a slip. Ah, uh, yeah, probably both. <laughs> um. So speaking so, of shape. Oh, can um, I? Can I? Do one more thing about the podcast. Oh, this was the Lost Cast podcast. I just want to bring up one thing they said, which I thought was very interesting. Sure. Uh, of course, we're referencing uh, the podcast that the guys do over at LostCast.com. That's LostCast with an S with at the, the end. end. Um, so they mentioned the idea that Smokey, the smoke monster, um, might have been something created by the others to separate good people from bad people. And but now the others have sort of become bad people uh, in some sort of way, and now they they're not even able to get past Smokey. Yeah. So I thought that was sort of interesting, one of those sort of you know creations turn on their master type things, and right. uh, because it, it does seem like the others they think they're good, but they sort of do these you know bad things. Right. So maybe they've sort of become bad, and they don't even know they've become bad, so they can't easily get to where our lofties are, you know, because Smokey's in the way, and 
um, you know, or something like that. Anyway, I thought that was sort of interesting. They sort of strike me as utilitarians. They seem to think that if they if they need to do something bad for a greater good, then they're willing to do it. Yeah. Like, well, I think, like most people who are, you know, fighting for a cause, they're blinded by their own ambition. Right. So. Right. And I, I think and that was interesting. I noticed that I guess because I I don't believe it. I, I didn't want to bring it up. But that's that you know Oh, I don't necessarily believe it. I just thought it was an interesting theory. It is an interesting theory that I haven't heard before and, and I liked it and they you know, they do that over there. They're they're not bad. They do their thing. We we like them. <laughs> uh speaking of people we like, let's talk about this episode. All right. Indeed. I was uh, going to say, speaking of shapes, let's talk about this episode, but yeah, for that segue. Um, I don't know where to start. Where do you start in something like All that? All right. I say we start at the beginning. Echo's dream. Echo's crazy dream. You know, um, I, in the, I guess in the last podcast I questioned how are they going, because we read that recap of this episode uh, last week, the TV Guide recap or whatever, that was saying Echo was going to be interested in, in finding the question mark, and I was wondering, how are they going to get Echo to just randomly want to help Locke find this question mark? And uh, we got our answer in a very, what I consider, heavy-handed way, uh, and, you know, by way of a dream. Right. <laughs> and that's, uh, I guess, when all else fails, have a character dream about it. Yeah, uh, yeah. <laughs> if there's, uh, there's no reasonable way for him to find out... Um, just go with an unreasonable Just way. Just go with an unreasonable way. So, uh, yeah, they, they had to come to him in a dream. Now, there's certainly parallels, I think, with with the dream that Locke had in season one. Yeah. Um, and and that, that becomes sort of more uh, important or whatever when Locke has another dream later in the episode. Um but uh, the thing, the thing I wanted to say about that—that's sort of a small thing—is that uh, I guess um, uh, Anna Lucia appears to him uh, shot uh, before he knows about it. You know, is that really strange considering the dream? I don't know. Um, it it, it just—it reminded me of you know, like Claire had that dream where she saw uh, uh, Rousseau like. Taking her or whatever before it happened, mm-hmm. and it just seemed like a like a parallel to that. I mean, maybe it's not strange for the island, but it's certainly sort of a, a strange occurrence, I guess, in general. I mean, the whole dream, I mean, is telling him things that he shouldn't know. So definitely. Um, so obviously, I mean, there, there's a, there's a decent question there about where where is that really coming from? I mean, how 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 do these people get? get these sort of you gotta wonder especially considering the fact that Locke had a dream of Echo's brother I mean that you know it's one thing to have a dream that your dead brother is communicating with you but for someone else to have that dream right uh you know is a little it's just a, it's just obviously there's more than just random sort of dream happenings you know occurring here there's something uh direct happening to these people and in that line that, that Echo says he goes you know, first he tells them, you know, oh, we need to we need to wait, we need to go to sleep and wait for further instruction. And then when Locke has the dream, he Echo tells Locke, uh, well, this is how it's going to happen. This is how we're going to be led, you know, together. And I'm just, I'm thinking why. So I'm thinking why. I mean, I don't understand why uh, Locke and Echo are, are are being led together. He said this, you know, this is a way we're going to be led together. And you know, it's so strange that Echo. I mean, sorry, Locke has a dream of Echo's brother. I don't I don't know how that works. 
Uh, or, or even, I mean, from my perspective, it's weird that Locke has a dream where he's asleep, and I don't yeah. know if he's Echo or if he just sees Echo. I, I didn't quite understand who's like. Yeah. Well, no, he basically he was Echo in in his dream, you know. And, okay. Uh, and can we just can we just talk about? Okay, the whole okay. You climb up to the top of the the little mountain cliff there, and then he sees you know Echo, who is really Locke in his dream, sees. Yimmy, uh, is it Yimmy or Yinny? It's Yimmy. Yimmy. See, so Yimmy in, in the wheelchair. I mean, it was a, that was just sort of strange. Why? I don't. Know, I guess just the. I guess that was just shock value. Maybe that didn't really mean anything. I, I assume it was like Locke's subconscious. That was sort of a hint that it was Locke. That it was Locke. Yes. Even though they were going to reveal it like right after that. Um. Okay. So I lost my train of thought. What What are we talking about next? <laughs> well. Um. All right. So 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 he gets so anyway he gets told that he needs to help. Uh, John. They call him John for whatever reason, and um, even though everybody else calls him Locke. Yeah. And, did did Anna Lucia? I don't know what she used to refer to Locke as. I thought she said Locke like everyone else, but then. Um, I got a whole theory on this whole Echo helping Locke thing. Uh, should we get into that now or later? Do you really? Yeah. That's interesting. Um, I okay. I'll just say it real quick because maybe it's okay. got a lot to talk about. But I think, and here's my here's my thought. <laughs> That's two ways to say the same thing. Um, that Echo's gonna die really soon. If he if he dies in the last episode of the season, I won't be surprised. I think his whole purpose right now is to get Locke back on track in terms of uh, whatever his purpose is on the island. Um, I think basically the island, you know, if, the, if you think about the island as this cognizant, whatever, that has a purpose for Locke or has, a, has this, this goal it wants fulfilled, you know, Locke was on that path for a while, you know, mostly in season one, and once he got into the hatch and he sort of got all disheveled and, you know, and sort of disinterested with the whole thing and basically lost his faith, um, Echo was the one to come and bring it back, bring his faith back on the right track. I think he's going to get Locke. You know, back to season one, Locke, where he's this mystical person and, you know, very spiritual, and, and he, he thinks he, he's got this purpose to fulfill. And once Echo has done that, Echo's gone. I think he's just, I think that's his only purpose right now. I think he'll finish the church, and, uh, <laughs> you know, that'll be pretty much it. Uh, oh, who's going to be the, the, the priest at the church? I know. Charlie? I guess Charlie's going to be the priest. I mean, God. I'm surprised we even saw him this episode. Anyway, oh barely. Yeah. What's What's wrong? What's wrong, Echo? I'm like, are you guys? They They seem like they were sleeping really close together. I don't know. I know. Didn't I, know. I, I, I don't know if. Um, yeah, I, I caught some weird undertones. Yeah, there. I'm like, well, are you guys together? Is there something we should know? <laughs> I don't. I don't know. There, there, there is something very strange about their relationship in the past few episodes. It's, it's exactly like Boone and Locke. I mean, they they had that weird sort of like pseudo relate like it, it seems was, like sort of a dominant submissive yeah yeah exactly and didn't didn't uh shannon ask if they were or she implied that they were doing something out there more than she, she, did, before. she did yeah which was which was really straight i mean i always thought that uh boone's character was going to be you know bisexual or whatever or i mean i guess because that actor played that role in uh rules of attraction i just oh. couldn't see him as that person because uh, he just has that quality where it's like, yeah, you can go both ways. I can see it. But um, 
Right. So so when he was out there with Locke, I'm like, man, there's something weird going on there. You know, but obviously it was just this island thing, which which can we bring up? I hate – I know I say that phrase a lot. Uh, I don't know why I always ask if we can bring up topics. But can we just say uh, – can I just ask that why – was Boone's death significant or meaningful in any way? Like, you know, this whole thing about the plane – uh, landing on the spot, you know, right above the hatch for the the pearl. Um, does that have any? I was trying to think of. Does that mean anything? Did they? Was it easier to find this new hatch because Boone got in the plane and made it fall? Or I mean, what was what's the significance of the plane, the hatch, and that location? Can we should we talk about that now or later? Um. Well, I want to talk about what's in the hatch later, but let's okay. Let's come. Let, okay, yeah, let's come. Well, actually, we're we were talking about the the dream they just had, so we're we're about to talk about them going to the hatch, right? Well, I was going to go to another topic first because I feel like the the hatch stuff is the real, you know, what they call mythology, and I feel like that's the stuff that can occupy us forever if we let it. And I just I want to get this sort of a little okay. bit more silly things out of the way so, for her. But let's come back to the to, – I want to talk about how Boone relates to this whole thing. because I, do, I, I have something to say about Boone that I think was sort of mentioned in this episode. Okay. And, um, yeah, we'll certainly get to that. Um, what I think we should talk about next, I think deserves at least a little time, is uh, Echo's uh, backstory. Oh, my God. One of the best backstories since Hurley and Numbers. One of the most oh. – Interesting. I, I mean, I, I could watch a whole movie on this, like detective priest solving these, uh, yeah, these these, these sort of uh, religious-based crimes. It was so interesting. I mean, that could be a TV series. I mean, I would watch that every week. You know, I'm surprised you haven't done that. Uh, yeah, like it's a good that. idea. It's actually very similar to uh, The Exorcist. That's sort of exactly, the yeah. And and, it's, and it's, speaking of The Exorcist. Can I say that, uh, what was her name, Charlotte, the girl who was supposed to have died? Did right. she not look like Linda Blair? Yeah, she did. I mean, she I thought she was like this weird cross between Linda Blair and she sort of had like this Jodie Foster quality when she spoke. Like, I don't know, something about her voice, but um, she looked like I Linda. I a little sissy spacek also. A little sissy in the way she looks too, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I thought she looked She looked like Linda, a young Linda Blair, so I thought that was really, maybe that was part of the casting. They did that on purpose. Right. Right, because I mean, she was creepy. Yeah, uh, a, a detective story story setup is sort of interesting. But then, yeah, bringing in that whole sort of religious element, and and as a very minor point from my perspective, I I I, I applaud uh, any church that conducts investigations about miracles. I think that's a good. Thing. That was beautiful. That was great, and it, you know, it makes a lot of sense to for the, for the church to say, okay, well, if this is a miracle, we need some sort of empirical evidence and, and to do an investigation. And I mean, I, I like the whole setup, writing-wise, of this. You know, he's basically it's it's like that film noir setup where you have this detective who has to get a case, but he, you know, he's sort of ornery and doesn't really want to do it, but it's his job and he just wants the money, so he does it. You know, like Bogart and Maltese Falcon, but it, it's right. sort of similar because he doesn't want to be on this case. You know. He's already uh, a disbeliever, so he's got that much more, you know, it's that much more interesting watching him, you know, go through the the different steps to solve this case. Right. Um, And it's worth noting, I think, that we we don't, we still don't quite know how he got to Australia, but... Well, um, we we at least can infer he he sort of took a position there in the church, and that's how he got there. 
Yeah, I, I guess uh, that that does seem reasonable to infer. But we do know that he's he's not. You know, he, he's doing this work here, but he he's not the religious man that we sort of meet on the island yet. Mm-hmm. He's you know he gets approached by this shady uh, uh, ID fake ID guy. Uh, who gives him, you know, the, the passport or whatever, and then says, you know, he's got some sort of work, you know, it sort of implies some sort of criminal activity yeah, in L.A. Stuff, quote stuff. Right, and that's why he was going to L.A., I guess. And so he was he was still sort well, of... Uh, I don't think that's why he was going to L.A. We, I don't think we know why he was going there, but the guy said, you know, I've got work for you when you get there, but he was already planning to go. I thought that's why he was going. No, well, the, well that doesn't make any sense because the guy said, like, he said, okay, here's your passport, you're all ready to go. And he says, well, and then the guy was like, well, you know, I got I got some work for you. And he's like, what? And he's like, stuff. You know, I mean, you don't need to say that if you already know that's why you're going. Well, no, but I thought that was the, that was the impetus for him going. No, like, I don't think so. That's not what like I Like, that was about. the offer that made him go. No, should we go to the, should we go to tape? <laughs> uh, no, no. I mean, I, I, I. You, you just don't think so. I mean, that's just the way I. I mean, it just doesn't it. make any sense to say, to say, hey, I'm going to go to L.A. and then the guy to tell you to tell you again why you're going there. I mean, because the, the, just the way that he brought it up made it seem like you're already going to be there. I can get you some stuff to do. Not that like you're going there because of the stuff I, I have for you to do. Okay. Okay. So it, 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 right. that that part bears watching if if anyone's confused. Um, All right. So maybe I sort of misread that, but uh, nonetheless, he seems a lot more. Um, what's the word? He seems a lot more devout on the island than he was off the island. Mm-hmm. Um, he seems a, a bit more like crazily devout too. You know, like this. He's he's like a zealot, if I can quote uh, someone from the thing. Right, who um, suddenly grew an American accent when he said that word. Yeah. <laughs> I, I might, he's a zealot. He's a zealot. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. How did that happen? Maybe he's weird. making that accent. Very weird. Um, okay, so the, the, the obvious, uh, one of the obvious questions uh, that this, that this um, flashback raises is the miracle. Was it a miracle or not? Good question. I say, it, you know, I don't buy, um, I don't know the guy's name, the psychic guy. Lee Malkin. M- Malkin? Yeah, that's his last name at least. Uh, okay, I don't buy his his explanation. He's like, oh, the the coroner is just trying to cover his own tail, and he had, uh, you know, my daughter was in hypothermia. I mean, I think someone who went to medical school can, 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 can uh, discern hypothermia from death. I'm sorry. That's just I'm just gonna have to believe that. Otherwise, the medical profession needs a revamping. Um, right. If you don't know I, the difference, th- there is some damning evidence against the 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 guy that he goes and interviews. Yeah. I think the the first thing was that little comment about how he's actually a um, undertaker. I didn't write it down. Yeah, he. Yeah, but but then he sort of oh, but uh, but I'm qualified to do this or whatever. He sort of covers for himself kind of nervously. And then the other thing I noticed about the tape is that he's sort of flirting with the nurse. Yeah. Um, I you know, I thought that was a very nice bit of just like extraneous writing, you know, that 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 idea that he he just sort of 
flared it first with whoever's helping him with the with the autopsy. Um, you, you found that to be... Uh, it made him seem unprofessional. It made it seem like he was... But he it was, made it seem real to me. It, did, it, it, very, it was very unprofessional, but it seemed real because he's in this room just with the nurse and a dead person. Why wouldn't he flirt with, you know, the, you know... I mean, I know what you mean. It did... It made him seem a little less than professional. And, and, and the other... The cover-up thing suggesting he wasn't really sort of qualified, it, it made me think that he really he really did screw up and he's covering for it in this way. How do you, you know? okay, but, okay, if he if he's covering up, but basically you're, you're asserting that he's covering up the fact that she didn't really die, right? Right. Okay, how do you, okay, then then what would be your hypotheses for, um, for what's what really going on? on? Why, why pretend that this girl is dead? Why, you know, why come up with the story... Uh, this whole this whole fictitious story. What would be the purpose of that? Well, it's pretty preposterous, but I, I believe I believe he he they did it to he did it to prevent um, you know uh, some sort of malpractice, a lawsuit, losing his license, etc. He did what? Concocted this story of well, it's a well, miracle. But it's the mom. It's the mom who's saying that. Why would why would the mom be on his side if he if he if it was malpractice? Because that's what she—that's what he told her that it happened. I mean, she wasn't there when the uh-huh. when the oh, event so occurred. You're saying, you're saying it was hypothermia. He he just didn't have the expertise to know. He was yeah. about to cut her open, and and realized that she's alive. So he said, "Oh, it's a miracle." Right. You know, I think we have to go back to 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 one of those the, to the big question. You know, it's like I'm trying to think of other situations where basically the writers the writers make it seem like this situation, but it's you know they make it seem like A. Uh, we really think it's B, but it's really like F. You know what I mean? Like there's really something else going on. Um, right. I agree that it's very plausible that you know he sort of that he just got lucky that the mom is crazy or whatever and right. think this is a miracle or or would believe that this was a miracle I should say not that she's yeah. necessarily crazy but that she would believe that this would be a miracle. Um, I I you know for some reason I'd rather believe what the coroner and the mom says than what the psychic says. Um, he seems like he's really I don't believe what he's saying is the truth either. He was way too like overly passionate about what he was saying to be sort of the truth, you know what I mean? You don't you don't like can you don't have to convince someone that eagerly if if you believe what you're saying, you know, usually. So I think what he's saying is it isn't the whole truth. Now how much do you think I mean that's that's another topic about I mean, all right, Claire, psychic is appearing in yeah. the flashback. For anyone who who didn't catch that, the, the 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 father of Charlotte who was the girl who was supposed to have died and came back to life she, uh, he is the psychic Claire went to talk to back in season one. So, right, and he he basically got her on the plane. Yes. Now my theory behind the whole thing because we basically he tells us that he's a charlatan that he you know he gets intelligence on people and then uh, uses the that. The quote was, uh, "I gather intelligence on people and I exploit it and exploit it." Now. I like this whole thing. I like the fact that he told us this because this actually makes his uh, reading of Claire a little bit more, like, not more interesting, but I ain't going to say more interesting because I don't know how to say it. Because what yeah. I think happened is he is this fraud. He does not have psychic powers, but he did – there's two There's two scenarios for me. A, you know, he's a fraud. He does not have psychic powers. When he was reading Claire, he actually got his first real psychic 
premonition that and that's what sort of threw him off and that's what scared him and that's why he said I can't I can't read you he got really freaked out by the fact that this this gift he was pretending to have actually sort of came through for him and he got freaked out by that and then later you know that's when he told her to leave and then later he realized that that what he saw what he felt was important enough to sort of urge her to get on this flight that's scenario number one uh, B <laughs> number one, A, and then B. I would say, I, <laughs> so I number one, and then B. And then B and then yeah, I, I think and... I think it, we it, it's, it would behoove us to ask if he was in any way paid or coerced into telling Claire what he told her. And I'm sure people have said that before, but yes. but the the idea that maybe Dharma or you know some or someone in charge, someone who wanted Claire on this plane for whatever reason told him he had to tell her this information. Um, so in my mind, those are the only two sort of logical. Either, you know, he really did get a psychic uh, premonition or he was, you know, uh, forced to tell her that in some sort of way or, or coerced into telling her that. Right. I saw, reading the episode thread, I saw both theories, theory 1 and theory B being offered <laughs> uh, as, as possibilities. I guess where I would land on the issue, probably just because of my own sort of beliefs about things in general, is I, I, I believe him when he says he's a charlatan. That seems reasonable to me. I believe and that, he, too. And that he gathers information on people and, and exploits it. That, that's Really, that's what psychics do. Sorry, guys. Um, that's just, you know, my personal opinion. Um, so, so, I, so I buy that. So what does that mean for, for Claire? I would say... I don't think it's possible that he really did have a real vision with her. But I guess I lean more towards he, he didn't have a real vision for her, but he, he was coerced or he's involved somehow or something mm-hmm. um, in some sort of conspiracy to get her on that, on that plane. Um, yeah. Because, you know, if he's just an exploiter, just a guy who makes money, I, there's no incentive for him to be so involved where he's calling her and just really trying to get her on this plane. I mean, you know, if his motive is just purely commerce, it just doesn't make sense to me. I, I think it makes sense if if he really did get a, a psychic premonition that that really scared him because it was the sort of real the first the first one he got and it was regarding this girl who for whatever reason has to raise this baby. No one else can raise this baby. I think he would he would be moved and he would. You know, take to act, take to arms or whatever, take to action, and uh, and sort of you know guide her in what, what he thought was the right direction. I mean, you gotta wonder. I mean, he went through some great lengths to get her on that plane. You know, the incessant calling and the, you know that line about you know, oh, I've got parents in L.A. for you to send the baby, and he bought her the plane ticket. You know, um, right? You know, what are the odds that you know he would have you know got bought? You know, bought a ticket for that particular flight, and didn't he say it couldn't be another flight or something like that? You know, oh yeah, yeah. He was very adamant about. Um, I always assumed in the beginning, you know, before we found out he was a charlatan, but I, you know, I assumed that he did have a psychic, uh, you know, a premonition, and that he knew it had to be that flight because, you know, and he because he he knew in in, in at least a general sense that Claire and the babe would survive. And having them stranded on that island would, you know, fulfill the, this idea that she has to be the one to raise the baby. 
Uh, because, I mean, as we all know, she was all too willing to give Aaron away. In the <laughs> she was trying to give that baby away left and right. It was like, take my baby, please. If you guys were not laughing through the segments in Eternity Believe, you really missed out on some great comedy. Yeah, movies. it was, it was, she was, I, I mean, yeah, it's like when she was drugged up in the, in the medical hatch with uh, Ethan, she was just all too willing to give the baby away. It's like, Claire, what are you doing? Like, you're the worst mother in the entire world. And it was all the more ridiculous because she had spent, like, all the time before that being, like, obsessive about protecting her baby. Exactly, yeah. It's like, it's like she, well, it's like she's overcompensating because she tried to give it, how many times did she try to give that baby away? Like, three at least, right? Oh, my God, yeah, she can't get rid of it. She can't get rid of the baby. Jeez. <laughs> Nobody wants it, Claire, believe me. <laughs> Nobody but Charlie, and that's only to baptize it. Oh, yeah, right. Um, Nobody cares these days. But, okay. Actually, yeah. I mean, the other possibility, which I think has no precedent so far, is that he's he's actually working for Widmore or whoever it is that is sort of running things in the real world that, that's, you know, mm-hmm. the, the dominant force related to whatever's going on the island. Perhaps he's in, in league with them or whatever. Now, people have suggested a lot of people on the island and off the island, oh, they're really others, they're really blah, 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 and nothing like that has come to pass yet. And yeah. So it makes me sort of doubt that that's really going to be a plot point, but I think it's at least sort of a, a semi-possibility. Yeah, definitely. So I want to throw that out there. Okay, I think that's enough with that, I guess. Yeah. Oh, so the last thing that happens, I guess, is is that the the daughter comes and uh, oh, the daughter comes and okay, we'll talk about that in like two seconds. But uh, yeah, the daughter comes and she she claims to have seen Yemi uh, when uh, when she was between between places or whatever. I love that phrase. I knew she was going to say that. Um, and uh, I thought that was very interesting. It was this whole thing about faith again. You know that you 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 know. You don't have faith in yourself, but he has faith in you. And I'm right. assuming this is, you know, faith to fulfill your mission on the island. I mean, I don't know what else it would be. Um, you know, I really – okay, here's a question for you. Do you think that uh, – I mean, uh, this is sort of a strange question. Do you think that Yimmy is actually a real force in, of, in and of himself that, that, his, that, is, that is, you know, willing – uh, Echo to do these things? Or do you think that he is, that whatever is responsible for the dreams, be it the island or, you know, mind control, is sort of using this idea of Echo's brother to convince him? Do you think uh, Yimmy, I guess I would tend to go with the latter. The latter, okay. So you yeah. don't think Yimmy is really, okay, well, okay, here's a question then. How, how does um, Linda Blair know about Yimmy? That's a uh, that's a good question. How does Locke know about him? I mean, I, I well, can only oh, assume yeah, yeah. that he he is. Um, well, you know, off the island, I really can't say. Maybe I'm just defeated on that point. For Locke, at least, I can say the island knows about Yemi, yeah. so it can tell Locke well, about. Well, I mean, the, my question goes back to whether or not she really died. Um, because if she didn't really die, then how, you know, this whole story she tells about, you know, and what, what's really interesting is that, you, you know, I always think about, you know, I guess a lot of people do, I know you do, think about, you have to think about someone's motivations for doing, for saying things and doing things, you know. Right. If, if she really didn't die, what would be her motivation for telling Echo what, what she told him at the airport? Because it wasn't anything, like, 
that significant at the time. You know, he really didn't know what she was referring to. I mean, she didn't even know what she was referring to. She was just relaying a message, you know. It would be different if it was something like, okay, Echo, um, I know you're on the, like, you know, the 8, you know, the, the, the 520 fly, but you need to be on flight 815. Yimmy told me that. You know, then I can say, well, okay, maybe she was coerced or maybe there's something yeah. else going on to get him on the plane. But what he, what she told him was so sort of um, innocuous in a certain sense that, you know, why would she make that up would be my, right. my big question. Right. I agree. There doesn't seem to be a motive for making that up. Um, she She – you know, there's a little doubt there because of what her, her father does, but I think, you know, if we assume that it, that it's not some sort of deception and, and there doesn't seem to be a motive for it, then, then I guess you have to accept that somehow she really did get a message from him. And and I think uh, there's two things. I think there we can, we can almost say that there – well, the idea that the island has influence outside of itself, you know – is a is a theory people have said, you know, with the numbers being in certain places, and you know, right. maybe the island sort of willed everyone to come there and crash, and it sort of, you know, made those people survive. So maybe that's true. But if you think about, you know, the fact that um, Charlotte's father, what's his name again, Malik or McClory? Or Mal- well, the last name's Malkin. I don't Malkin, remember his sorry. first name. If, okay, he's a charlatan. He researches people. Okay, I guess a lot of a lot of our listeners, or a lot of people in general, would say, well, maybe you know Charlotte knew about Yimmy because they did research on Echo. But it's like I, I think I want to think about the possibility of tracking down this 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 guy who's who's a priest in Australia who was you know a <laughs> priest, but he's you know all the while you know he was from Nigeria right. where he sort of. Uh, you know, actually, his name is different too because he he's Reverend Tundi. Yeah, uh, when he's, he's in Australia, he's using an alias, right. and you know, and no one no one knows that he uh, is not really a priest. He's got sort of official paperwork from his. Right. You know, I guess Yimmy is the one who gave him the paperwork. Um, yeah, I, I believe he, he he ordained him or whatever. So I him. I'd like to think that finding out you know Echo's long lost long dead brother would be a little bit you know out of the range of this uh sort of too big psychic guy right and and even if you did find out that this guy had a dead brother um why would you tell your daughter to go tell him yeah you need to have more faith in yourself right there's 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 no reason and that's what makes me think i guess we just have to believe that's what that that's what really happened yeah and and it reminded me of those those movies where because basically it was a condensed sort of movie or or whatever. Oh, well, so was, well done. What? I just said it was so well done. I just, I love his whole back. I love that whole part of his back. Actually, his backstory in Nigeria was really interesting too. It was. I, I you know, ten points for Echo's backstory because a lot of the backstories lately have been very crappy. Uh, Rosa Bernard, we're looking at you. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I. I'm sorry, oh, well, guys. Okay, they Rose had a little. That was a little bit interesting with them, but but the whole a little bit. It was a little Hallmark Hall of Fame for me, but yeah. But it was okay. But seriously, I mean, some of them just been really lackluster. And it was just it was it was a lot more interesting. And I would I would watch a show like that too. It there, I think it's an interesting topic. It seemed like the endings of those those sort of mysteries where you know we we get the first answer, and the first answer is. Oh well, it wasn't a miracle. It was uh, malpractice or whatever. And then the the big twist is, oh, uh, by the way, I know some information that I couldn't possibly know if it wasn't a miracle. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that so, it seems like it seems like the twist that that you know 
the twist after the twist, I guess. Yeah, because yeah, first we're told it's a miracle, then we're told, well, then we're, then we're made to sort of assume, oh, maybe it wasn't, you know, and then, well, we're told by the dad it wasn't, and then it goes back to, it, yeah, it really was. Right. Um, and Adam sort of accepts it. I mean, he just says, okay, well, I guess that's not yeah. a miracle. Yeah. And, well, I think his, most of his acceptance was the, the fact that he didn't want to investigate it anyway. So right. he didn't care, you know, if the family didn't want to, you know, make the Vatican declare make the Vatican declare it a miracle, then he was just done with it. But real quick, why um, why would the family take their daughter to a coroner who wasn't qualified? I mean, usually, you know, in a situation like like that, and I, I mean, I guess take take her take you know having them take their daughter is maybe not the best phrase because I don't think you really get a choice on who does the autopsy. Um, usually, those things, if I'm not mistaken, I mean, it, there's like a you know a county coroner you know or the the city hospital or whatever you know the the person who does this all the time 24 seven that's their job is to do these things. And I, I don't know if we're made to believe that they sort of live in a rural area. I mean, I guess that's that's supposed to be the situation, that they don't sort of live in a big city or something. But, I mean, didn't Claire go to this psychic who, you know, like, in Sydney? So aren't we supposed to assume the psychic and his family lives in Sydney? Uh, yeah. I, I, I mean, the, the dad did say she fell into a mountain river. So maybe the girl, you know, they were somewhere near the outback or something in a rural place. I'm just trying to I'm just trying to rationalize why why the daughter wasn't taken to like a county or sort of city coroner's office or something right. or morgue, you know, where where a professional person would have done this because I mean this guy did seem a little bit unprofessional. I mean his his, his sort of office didn't look like what you would expect. Right. Um, they really didn't play up any, you know, um unprofessionalism. Uh, it was just sort of hinted at, which, you know, I don't know if that means it's insignificant or if it means they're just trying to make us think that's not it for a while. Right, right. I, it could just be a plot hole. You yeah. Know? It could just be something they didn't, they just didn't get right. Um, uh, I really don't know. So why did Echo get so angry when she was telling him that stuff? Um, I assumed it was because uh, it was it was very sensitive, and I mean, when someone says, you know, I, you know, it's like in, like in Ghost, you know, when Whoopi Goldberg says, "I got a message from Patrick Swayze," and uh, Demi Moore is like, "I hate you, bitch," you know, you know, whatever along those lines. I never saw Ghost. Oh, I think yeah, people know what I'm talking about. Anyway, uh, whenever anyone comes, I think if someone came to you and said, you know, I just had a conversation with your uh, your dad, you know, relative you loved. Um, there's this idea that that comes into your head that they're trying to fool you or trick you or you know or they're just sort of being malicious, uh, right. which is sort of what he thought it was. He was saying, you know, talking about my brother is not, you know, it's not a joke, you know. Right. My question would have right. been, my first question would have been, how do you know about my brother? Not, you know, don't talk about him. Be like, how do you know first? Right. And then don't talk well, about him. Well, what she was saying wasn't it wasn't like my brother told you to give my dad money. I mean, you know. Yeah. It was it was it was very innocuous stuff. It just seemed odd that he was so angry about it. Yeah, I got another thing about people being angry for no apparent reason. Uh, that when we talk about the first part of the episode, we should bring back up. But right, yeah, okay. I, I mean, I think that that's the end of the flashbacks. So oh no no no! I want to mention I want to mention something. Uh, I want to mention uh, Libby's Libby's cameo. Oh, uh, I was gonna. I was it, gonna brush over that, but well, okay. I just want to mention it because it was very similar to uh, Sawyer's cameo on the last one. Uh, a little bit, 
I guess a little bit more plausible. Yeah. Um, but I did yeah. want to mention, besides the fact, yeah, everyone knows we saw Libby. That's that's not exciting news. But she was wearing a cross. I never noticed that before. But uh, she was wearing a, a small cross in that scene. Real? Uh, yeah. Know. Exactly. It's one of the little tidbits I noticed. Good for you. Um, hey, thank you. Please send me a dollar via PayPal. Um, <laughs> Darn I, so. I mean, I don't know if it means anything. I mean, obviously, she's dead, uh, but I just thought it was a little interesting tidbit since we were in Echo's flashback about religion, you know, right. uh, that we saw her with this little cross around her neck. Um, and right. uh, so I, I like that cameo better because, I mean, you got this huge guy shouting at this woman. Yeah. So you can understand someone saying, you know, uh, uh, what's Libby gonna do? Tell Echo to calm down. And yeah, Libby a... isn't gonna be able to do shit. That was, like... It was one of those things where if he was getting, if he was gonna cause trouble, she'd probably just yell like, you know, security or something. Yeah, like yeah. I just, I, I love, I love her as an actress. I really wish she wasn't dead. I love that look on her face. She's like, is there a problem here? And she looks like, Mister, you better, you don't know who you're dealing with. Right. You know, she gives a weird look, like as if she's really gonna do something. You don't mess with the L. You don't mess with the L because. I am from a mental institution. I'll go crazy on your ass, for real. I'm certified. <laughs> and then I'll make a nasty look when you're not looking. Exactly. And then I'll berate you for not getting the blankets. <laughs> oh, oh, God. The, the right. blankets. That's one of my favorite lines. I'm sorry I forgot the blankets. Oh. I'm like, Hurley, even when you're crying and pathetic, you're still funny. I know. I know. I feel bad for laughing at his grief. I know. I was totally laughing. I'm like, Hurley, how do you say something like He's the only one who could, who could apologize for getting someone killed ostensibly, and, uh, and it still come off as comedy. Yeah. <laughs> I guess that's Hurley's magic. That's your magic, Hurley. Oh, God. Okay, so let's, let, we, we just talked about the sort of flashback epi- part of the episode. Let's go back to the beginning. Of the episode, right. so we talked about you know the the, the show starts with Echo's dream. Um, oh, well, I think I'd like to mention is you know first Echo's dream and he sees Alu and she says you got to help John and then he has the the quick flash um, the quick flash of images. Um, if anyone has not seen what those images are, uh, uh, Justin, you said it's on the is it on the Lost forum? Someone has a a link to what yeah. what each frame was. Yeah, in the episode thread, actually, it's not even linked. They just listed out. Okay. They did get it from somewhere, but they but they had a, there's just a list in there. Um, it's like twenty something. Yeah, I went through frame by frame and I made a list. I mean, I can just go over a few. It's uh, just generally I just tell the audience there's nothing incredibly interesting. It's stuff we've seen. I mean, it was you know um, a flash at the crash site, Smokey. Some girl with her face down in the water. I, I can't remember who this girl was. I think that was the girl who drowned in season one. Uh, the necklace, you know, uh, the necklace, what's his name, found. Jen uh, being blindfolded. Uh, the teddy bear that was carried by the others. The little, the little, that little shot of the others walking by and the little kid who had the teddy bear. Ah. Shot of Echo's brother. Um, the arrow logo in the hatch. Uh, you know, the little, the Dharma logo of the arrow logo right. or whatever I should say. Uh, Bible, Echo Stick, um, Echo looking at his dead brother, Locke, a uh, shot of Locke, a shot of a cross. Um, Echo as seen through Smokey. Remember when Echo comes across Smokey and you sort of, you sort of, the camera passes through Smokey as he's looking at Echo and you see these flashes, a little shot of that. Um, 
that's pretty much it. And, you know, a couple of little shots from when uh, Echo was getting on the plane and his brother gets shot and, and, and you know, dies and Echo stays behind, a couple of those shots. So it was nothing, like, I think that uh, intensive. It just seems like he was having a dream, so sort of these quick memories came back to him. Right, right. When I first saw it, I was thinking there was something crazy hidden in there, but yeah, um, um, it doesn't look like that's the case. I love the the end of the little the little dream sequence where you know uh, I love when you he's like um, Echo, you have to go help John, and then Echo like turns right away to leave, and Yumi grabs his arm and then tells him more. I'm like Echo, wait till your your dead brother's finished talking to you before you go help John. I mean, I know you, so rude. I know you really want to go, but he just like turns really quickly and he has to grab his arm to stop him. I think that was really just for dramatic effect. Yeah. And because uh, when he grabs his arm, the room starts shaking, and you, you sort of hear that noise, like that the thing is powering up again. Right. Um, which is weird because Echo's never heard that, right? Uh, I don't believe. So. I don't think he's it's, ever heard that noise. So, but I mean, it's only happened like twice. Yeah, I guess it's it's not really weird considering that the dreams are probably coming from the island or from right. some sort of source. But um, I thought that was nice. It's probably that too is probably just for dramatic effect, but. Definitely. Um, so at the beginning of the episode, uh, we go into the hatch. Uh, what's happening in the very beginning? I don't remember now. Uh, the very beginning? Um, <laughs> <laughs> well, basically, you know, Libby isn't quite dead yet. Oh, um, oh I love that look Michael gave when, uh, uh, when he in the last episode. No, in this episode, when uh, she spits up blood. I love when she spits on Sawyer like that scared the shit out of me. I mean, I, I saw it coming, but at the same time, I'm like, she, she just like, blah, and like, yeah, just scares very everybody. Violent. Very violent and sort of ridiculous. And uh, I love that look when Michael's like, holy crap, she's not dead. What the hell am I going to do? I love that look, man. That was so great. Right. And he kept sort of asking about her throughout the episode. And yeah. it was always sort of weird. Like, I don't know. I, I guess I guess if you're Jack, you just don't catch anything and and everything just seems like oh he's just he's just he just has some nice little curiosity he just wants her to be okay Mm -hmm. but like it seems so you know especially when she's spitting out his name and then he and then he he assumes that she's she's as her dying words she's just okay you know that's the thing about jack he's really i mean i i know he's a doctor but what is his iq it can't be too high i mean he could run for president with an iq like that uh sorry um no but uh yeah he's like oh no michael's fine don't worry about it you can die in peace you think um, that's what you, she was talking about? Do you like, know how I was shaking my fist at the TV? I was yelling for her to, I was like, say it, say it. Okay, first she said, I could tell she was going to say Michael because her mouth was doing that, like, mm, thing. Right. So I was like, okay, she's going to say Michael. She said Michael, and I was just like, just say, like, did it, or say or say shot, or say murdered. Give me one more word, Libby. Give me one more word, and yeah. my ass had to die. Oh, God. Could have had another word. Yeah, but, you know, there's, I knew that they, I should have known. There was no way they were going to get that out this, this quickly. Right. You know, so. They, um, there, has to, there has to be a little more uh, time where Michael is the, the, the traitor. The, the sort of good guy. And, and, then, and, then, and then, you know, we have to have a more sort of good guy. And then, and then the whole period where we wonder if he's a traitor before we find that he's a traitor. So. Right. Um, right. What, I mean, I have was, no doubt, but. Why was, um. It was really weird. Okay, so basically, like, 
you know, Libby's dying and Alu's dead and Michael's hurt and then like Jack and Kate and Sawyer are sort of sitting there and then and then uh Jack is like, I don't have what I need to make her feel better and he looks at Sawyer and Sawyer's like, Why are you looking at me, Doc? And um and then and then Jack goes Jack goes uh, the heroin, Sawyer, I need the heroin. I was like, I don't understand why he was so pissed about it. And then Sawyer, like, gets up, like, he really doesn't want to go get it. And he's like, oh, uh, 20 minutes. And I'm like, I was really confused why that was an issue to be mad about. Why didn't he just say, Sawyer, I could use that heroin you have? It was like, he was blaming, I guess he was just blaming Sawyer because Sawyer has it. You yeah, know, Sawyer, I guess it's, it's residual anger for the fact that Sawyer stole it in the first place. Okay, the, okay. But it would yeah. be different, you know, It's not that didn't seem like, I mean, I guess Sawyer has a history of not giving people things. But when someone's dying, I think I think Jack could have just asked, you know, Sawyer, can I, can I have the, you know, drugs to right. make her feel better? You know, I don't think he would have, and he didn't sort of, you know, disagree with Fine. that. But uh, I just thought it was he's weird that he petty for that. Yeah, it was, he's too petty for that? Or that's too he, petty for him? Jack, he he oh. he's, he's too petty to sort of let it go. He for the is, moment. even though he apologized to Locke, which I still don't understand why he did that. You know, that was that was a shocker. I uh, it, that didn't seem like his character. I was really surprised. I made a note of that again because I was trying to figure out why did he apologize. Yeah, I really don't know. I mean, because I can only really get. I mean, it's the right thing to do. He was wrong, but you know. Wait, what, what was he? Uh, what was he wrong about? He he was he was wrong about Henry Gale. He was he, wrong that Henry Gale was what was not another. Was he wrong? Yeah, I didn't mean that. <laughs> of course, he, of course, Henry's another. That's not what I meant. Um, he thought Henry wasn't another. I don't remember that. I just remember him not wanting to them to like torture him because of it. Yeah, but his whole thing was well. You know, yeah, I guess he didn't adamantly say it, but he seemed more, more like... So he basically on, was like, if we would have killed him already, this wouldn't have happened. Yeah. That, I, it, just, it's, it, was, it just seemed weird. I don't know. Yeah. But, um, it did seem weird, but... So, so Sawyer goes to get the heroin. Um, oh, 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 there was a great uh, uh, Jack Eyes Wide Open shot. Oh, yeah, um, when he says, uh, when Sawyer was like... You know, because Jack tells Kate to go with uh, Sawyer, and Sawyer's like, yeah, Kate, you need to come with me because Jack, you know, Jack wants you to see what my stash is. Is that right, Doc? And he, is that what he's talking about? He, like, turns around yeah. real fast. He's like, yeah, Sawyer, that's about it. That's about yeah. it. Like, yeah, that's, that's right. And his eyes are so wide open. His eyes are and I just so wide open. laughing because it's, like, it's the classic Jack the classic having his... With his eyebrows to his, like, to the back of his head. It's so crazy. <laughs> I don't know if that's his intense look or what. His, I think that's his intense look. It's a very versatile look. It can be inquisitive. It can be intense. It can be conciliatory. Um, you know, it's uh, right. great for all occasions. Um, so oh, that's got, I, we haven't. Uh, I'd like to thank people for listening thus far because uh, we haven't scratched the surface on this episode. No, not even close. We're, we're talking about very trivial things let's, right okay, now. Okay, let's let's go to some bigger things. Um, should we go to? Uh, oh, here's a question. Why? Uh, okay, Echo says um, maybe this is. Uh, I think this is important to bring up now. When Echo says the work is so important, ah. the pushing the button. Should we? I was going to bring that up too. Yeah. Yeah. Should we talk about that now, or should we talk about the beginning of going into the hatch? 
Um, oh, it's hard to say because I think they dovetail a little bit. Yeah. Um, I, do, I definitely want to talk about the plane and Boone's relevance to the plane. Right. Uh, because I don't understand I don't understand what was going on with that whole thing. You know, Locke said again in this episode that uh, it was a sacrifice to uh, that the island demanded that Boone die. Right. Um, now, I still don't get that. I don't I mean, get it. Maybe, am I dense or like, could, well, yes. could Locke not walk during that time? I mean, he was pretending to not walk. Remember, right? He was, he, um, he was, uh, something happened, and he, I don't remember either, but he was pretending that he couldn't walk, and that's he why. He was pretending? Yeah, that's why Boone went up there and climbed up there. I didn't think he was pretending. I thought it was real. You know, it was so long ago. I really, I really remember, because why wouldn't he be able to walk? Oh, no, no, no. His, I think I think it was during that period where his legs were giving out for no yeah, reason. Yeah, his, his legs like lost feeling, like he got stabbed or something, and he couldn't feel it. And then like uh, maybe I just assume I still I still I still felt like he was pretending. Maybe his legs were really giving him problems, but I remember thinking at that time that he he was just faking it a little bit more because he he needed Boone to go up there. Right. But uh, in any event, yeah, I don't think his leg was working or something. But, uh, yeah, see, that's the thing. I can understand if Boone, you know, Boone needs to be sacrificed to – because basically in terms of the plot or the action, uh, the only thing that Boone really did in this respect is he climbed up to the top of the cliff, got in the plane, made the plane fall. Now, what was the result of that that would have been so monumental? I mean, they, they didn't find the hatch because the plane fell. Right. You know, I mean, I, I would expect it to be something like that. Like, you know, the fact that the plane fell sort of helped them find the hatch more – or something like that, but I, I can't, I don't, I don't buy why he would need to be sacrificed, you know. Right. It, unless I mean, it was, I was just saying, unless it was a sacrifice just to test Locke's um, loyalty. They found the heroin um, on the plane, yeah. and it was, you know, the, the plane that Echo's brother was on, um, but as far as Boone himself, you know, the plane has some sort of importance. The plane had importance, but as far as Boone's relevance to, you know, the only thing yeah. that happened to the plane with Boone's respect was, you know, he he got on the message thing and talked to Bernard, you know, that, that brief time and made the plane fall. Right. And, uh, you know, it would be different if it, it fell and when it hit the ground they heard that it hit a metal thing or something, you know. I mean, that would be ridiculous way back then to find this hatch, but it would be different if the, the plane falling sort of helped them find the new hatch in some way, but whatever. So right. so he has now, a dream. Oh, what were you going to say? I, I, I just, I still don't, I don't under, it reminded me of this movie I saw, um, The Rapture, where this mother all of a sudden out of nowhere decides that, um, that God wants her to sacrifice her kid, mm-hmm. and like, it just comes out of nowhere, and that's how I feel about Locke. Like, he just seems to believe it's a sacrifice, but I don't see anywhere where he actually got I think that it, information. I always assumed it came in some sort of dream or something. You know, back then he was, like, he has the big dream in season one. Right. I, and he was, But he was always sort of led by these inklings about what he was supposed to be doing. So I, I, I feel like he just got, just got this idea of, what, you know, whether it was, you know, just an idea that he got himself or the island planted in his head. But uh, he, yeah, yeah, I don't know. I don't think we can. We'll ever find out which one. I mean, that I guess was. we just have to accept that it's true. Yeah. You know, because I mean, yeah, I don't see why he would say that if it's not. So. Yeah, unless it was, 
unless it's just sort of this denial thing, like it was an accident and he's just sort of, yeah, well, you know, the island demanded it. Oops, you know, the sea didn't right. really, you know, so. Right. Um, so basically they find the hatch. Well, he gets, you know, Echo climbs to the top and he looks down and he sees the circle. It was a circle. Yeah. Um, I mean, that's what I thought I saw, but then I, I would assume it, it would be a question mark because we're right. looking for a question mark, but it was just a circle that was salted. Now, here's my question. What is the the plane landing there and the circle, you know, sort of signifying where the hatch is has to do with anything? What would, what would be the rationale behind that, behind someone needing to identify where this hatch is? Because as far as we know, no other hatches have this sort of aerial identification. Yeah, that's very true. Um, I guess I have no idea why that would be the case. And I don't, like, I... It's it's very it's another one of those movie cliches I guess where Echo just sort of like licks the dirt you out know, of nowhere. You know, when he licked it, I said that that's the stupidest thing to do. I've never seen a character do anything that stupid. Um, and then of course he said it was salt, and I was like, well, then it makes sense for you to lick it. Uh, because right. I mean, I guess he I guess he just sort of knew he was he was questioning why nothing grew here. And um, yeah, I, mean, I wouldn't have I wouldn't have licked it. You know, my mommy taught me not to eat dirt, but right. um, you know. He uh, he he finds that it was salted. You know, it seems like there's a better way to identify a marking than to salt the earth. I mean, sorry, Dharma, whoever did that. You know, there's there's better ways of of uh, signifying, you know, from the air. But I guess that's a quick and easy, yeah. dirty way to do it. Could it be a, a drop, like a like a like a supply drop? Right? Um, you know, I don't think. You know, I can't really. The, the size, I mean, I can only generally estimate the size. I don't know if a plane could sort of drop right in that circle. That'd be, I would, I would, I mean, I know that, uh, you know, we were reading, when, we were, when, when the, the food drop happened a while ago, the supply drop, we were reading people claiming to be experts saying that, uh, you know, Army helicopters or Army planes can sort of drop within a three-yard radius of their mark or some sort of, you know, reasonably small radius of where their target is, but I don't know if that falls within range of this uh, circle. It was um, pretty small. you got to wonder if it was a drop. I mean, why? I don't know. I don't know. I don't know why that would uh, really be significant. Um, and and did this pl- is, it, is there significance of why this plane hit that, uh, you know, crashed there? Was it trying to sort of land in that area, or was it just a mistake, or... You know, I, I don't know if we'll ever figure out why the plane crashed, but it's coincidence that it crashed in a very significant spot. Right. Um, right. And I wondered why um, the first thing that came to mind when they found the hatch, uh, or, or I should say the – it's weird that people call these things hatches when, you know, the door is really the hatch, right? I mean, oh. the inside is the, like a bunker, not like a hatch, but – Just uh, as an aside uh-huh. on that topic um, – the fact that hatches are, are re- the calling it a hatch is a misnomer. Um, Gur Bear on the forums brought up the fact that calling the button a button is kind of a misnomer too, because you 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 input a sequence of numbers and then you press a key on a keyboard. It's not like a button, you know. It's sort of like a lot of buttons. And so, well, I thought when they said press the button, they mean press execute. Like yeah, I, I guess, but that's not what you do. I mean, you do more than that. Yeah, well, but yeah, I felt like it was a summation of what you do. But I know what you mean. It's a little, it's a little inconsistent to what you're actually doing. Yeah. Um, it, it seems like they just they sort of call it that, and and they and they don't think about like 
they don't they don't sit and contemplate like what it actually is and what to it should be. To me, pressing the button to pressing the button is a lot different than than calling it a hatch. When the hatch is the thing that lets you into where you're going, um, and you really should be calling it a bunker or a station or something, and not you know. But they're they're it would uh, and it'd be different if you know fans were calling it a hatch. But it's like people in the show are calling it a hatch, and it's like. That's not. It's not a hatch. I mean, that's not what a hatch means. But anyway, when we saw the the, little, the doors, the entrance to the hatch, which can I say that they really need the axe? I don't know that they really need it. Just well, to those they used things. it to sort of knock off those. Uh, yeah, uh, I, mean, I guess it made it faster. I don't know. And it helped them climb the thing too. Yeah, it did help a little bit. I just thought so, that was. Uh, I don't know. If I was writing, I would put. I would say, don't forget, bring the bring the axe because it sounds really, you know, more important than it really is, and sounds right. cool when you're watching it. But um, my first thought when they found those doors was the same when you know when they found the first hatch, the Swan, is that uh, there has to be you know normal doors somewhere around there. You know, what they found was was the ha- of the hatch was basically the the alternative exit or entrance. You know, and I feel like there there should be another entrance, you know, because the arrow that we've seen where the Losties were, I mean, that the tail section people were, and the swan that we've seen, you know, the, our main hatch, both have a normal sort of exit that's just usually hidden somewhere. Right. That was where sort of Michael comes stumbling in. Yeah, exactly. Um I love that shot when they look down into the hatch. I'm just like, man, if the light comes on, I'm done. <laughs> if a huge <laughs> light flashes them, I'm leaving. That was such a season one shot. It was, it was yeah, just, um, just a deja vu. And so they go down in the hatch. Uh, probably one of the best parts is because uh, you just you're just waiting to see what the hell is in this thing. I love how Locke immediately finds the light switch. Um, that was classic. Oh, that was quick. It was quick. But I guess you know he's. He knows there should be one in there because there's one in his and all that or right. whatever. Although if you ask him, it's not his hatch. Yeah, um, right. He's, he's adamant about that now. Yeah. Although he might take over ownership now. But um, Right. So I, I made a lot of notes about what we see in there. Um, the so third eye. This is, this is the central thing yeah. in the episode. We should have we told people to fast forward to this part if we would have known where this part would be, you know, sort of in our podcast. Right. Yeah, that would be good because, yeah, this is what this is what – you want us to talk about problems. <laughs> You've been waiting patiently this whole time. We're You're like, yeah, 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 blah, blah. I don't care about Jack's eyebrows. I don't care about Libby. <laughs> Who cares about Linda Blair? I want to talk about this, the the Pearl. Oh, you know what? That, that reminds me of the podcast. They um, Damon or Carlton, uh, where's the line? They said... Um, they said something about uh, seeing – they said the station with the glass eye and the arrow. They were mentioning two of the stations. You know, arrow we already know. And they said glass eye. And I didn't understand what that was until I thought about the pearl. So I think, oh. that's, I think that may be their sort of, you know, inside joke about, you know, what the logo looks like. Because I think it looks weird. It looks blank to me. It looks like a big blank logo. But it's right. obviously supposed to be a pearl. They really should have put a little, like – sort of effect, you know how when you, you sort of represent a 3D object in, in a 2D way, you have that yeah. little, like, um, light bouncing off of it kind of thing, like, they, yeah. they should have done that, but anyway. Yeah, I, I, I feel funny. like that would sort of ruin the aesthetic a little bit, but... Oh, you would say that. But anyway, I thought it was funny that uh, they they referred to it as the, the glass eye, because it, it could, it, lo- it looks like a glass eye, nobody knows what it is. But anyway, so they get down in the pearl, and there's there's nine TVs. And two chairs, a computer, and two a, comfy chairs. My two guy. very comfy chairs, 
Which is okay. I should, we'll talk about that. And uh, and then a pneumatic device, like you know what they used to have. It like I guess they still have it, like bank tellers. Yeah, yeah. They still they still use. Yeah. Them. I go to ATMs. I don't go to the like teller things. So I don't. Know. I don't either, but I see them. Um. So oh, and the first thing I want to mention is that there were there was one TV that was already on. Yes, it was still on, and my question would would have to be, what station is that one monitoring? Uh, I would love to know because basically the fact that the fact that it was on and it was static, I guess, sort of means either um, the camera at that station or wherever or wherever the camera is isn't you know sending sending back information, right? Or or either something's wrong with that TV, but um, so I I mean you have to wonder how long has that been on. Yeah, definitely. Well, since the 80s, apparently. I mean, uh, this, can we assume it's been on that long? This station seems newer than the other station. I mean, in the Swan, the orientation film was on film, and in this station, it was on video. Right. And the music was a little bit was a little bit different. His his, his wardrobe was decidedly different, and yeah. I think the copyright said uh, 1980 or 81. 1980, I believe. Yeah, 1980. Um, so, and in the copyright in the other one, it was different, wasn't it? Um, actually, I think it was 1980 also. Was it? Well, it seemed different. Anyway, um, let's not dwell on but, it. But I believe the the um, the other one had, had been sort of revised over time. So yeah. I think some of it may have been created before that. Now the 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 ori- okay let's talk about the orientation film in a minute. Um, there were nine. Yeah, the TVs. orientation film is its own can of worms. I think there were nine TVs, right? Okay, now right. correct me if I'm wrong because I saw the episode twice, but I meant to go back and catch this for myself. But didn't Locke turn each of the TVs on? Yes, it did. I thought so. Okay, but then there's another shot towards the end where there's only like two of them on, or something like that. It's like they're not all on. So I thought that was really weird that it looks like he turns them all on, but they, in another shot they're not all on. Yeah. Um, it's another other thing to note is that um, the Swan Station is listed on TV7. So I don't know if that means that it's uh, – because what station in, – in Swan, the, the third – is it number three of the stations? Um, I don't remember. That seems right, but I don't remember. Uh, I thought it was, it was, you know, I don't know if it means anything that it's on the, you know, number seven TV. Uh, and there's only... Well, it was the top right corner, right? Yeah. So how are you doing your number? Oh, no, I saw it said number, it's, it was listed number seven. It goes, oh. it goes one, two, three, it, it's listed in columns. So on the left-hand side was one, two, three, and the middle was uh, four, five, six, and on the right was seven, eight, nine. It, it there were numbers There were numbers, the there were numbers on the right-hand side of all the TVs. Did not see that. Good catch. Yeah. Um, send me a dollar uh, via PayPal, please. Dharma Jogmas. Dharma Jogmas, please. Um, I, I'm going I'm going to my, real quick, I just want to see, I know everyone is like, it's station number three, it's station number three. All right, three. well, while you're doing that, let me bring up uh, a semi-minor point. Oh, I got okay. it. Um, <laughs> wow, that was quick. Uh, I think this is, yeah, I think it says it's station three. Um but I thought, okay, on the map there are one, two, three, four, five, six, seven stations with with one of those stations crossed out and then the question mark in the middle. Uh, but there are nine TVs total. Um, mm-hmm. And on the video, 
of the orientation, it says three of six, if, if I'm not mistaken. Right. Uh, now, was it three of six or I five? Believe it was, uh, for this one, it was five of it six. It was five of six. So you think there'd be six stations. Right. Yet there's nine TVs. So are there, like, two, you know, two TVs? You know, two well, are, you know what I mean, like two cameras in, in the same place or? It seems Actually, like the, <laughs> sorry, I just got to say there has to be because there's two things. When when they cut the TV on and they show sort of Jack, like, walk, I don't know where Jack's going, but he just sort of, like, walks by. It's in the sort of, like, kitchen-type area. Um, but then uh, later, which is, uh, I guess I'll just mention now, but I, which is a little thing I saw in the orientation video, is they, they show a, a shot of uh, Marvin Candle. Oh, I mean, uh, Dr. Waxman. Sorry, his name changed there. Um they show a little shot of the people in our hatch, um, at the in, but in the computer room. Did you see that? Um, no. Yeah, if you look in the orientation video, um, they they do this sort of shot towards the end where they're getting closer to him. It it, it should be on TV four if I have my orientation correct in in terms of where he was standing. But uh, they show two people. They show one person like at the computer, you know, the the computer and the swan hatch. They show, and then they show another guy coming up and like help, helping him or working with him. So you actually see two of the previous um, people working in the hatch. Oh, yeah. Nice. Yeah, that was a little. Yeah, I saw something in the background, but I didn't know. I just, I don't know. Okay. Anyway, what were you gonna say? Sorry. I was going to say, I believe the, 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 when they put in the, the orientation video, it plays on number, what you're saying is five, uh-huh. I guess, the middle one. Um, and so, you know, there's one that doesn't seem to be getting a, a camera feed. Um, or I, I guess it could be getting both. But I guess my explanation, if I had to give one, is that it's an aesthetic decision to have, like, three rows and three columns of TVs. Okay. Um, instead of six, you know, uh, and that and that that doesn't mean there's there's more hatches or, or whatever. I feel like it, they just wanted it to look like that that nice three by three square of of TVs. That's that would be my theory. Which isn't you know a theory in the context of the show. It's a theory in like real life why it would be that way. Mm-hmm. So um, yeah. That's that's uh, okay. I you know I'll buy that. I'll buy that. But um, did I say I buy that? Because I don't buy that. Um, well, I mean, <laughs> what I think is, I think maybe the TV in the middle uh, is sort of fr- directly for the input of the video. So that sort of takes out one of the one of the nine. So if there's six plus the one, that's seven. Uh, wait, how are we still back at nine now? We got two more to fill. Yeah, no, that doesn't quite finish it off. Um, yeah. Well, and plus there's the, there's the one station that oh. is on the blast door map, but it's crossed out, uh, so maybe it was supposed to be built and wasn't, or, you know, what are you going to say? Right. And there, and there's a camera inside the, the pearl hatch itself. So I don't know if that feed goes to the pearl. I mean, that'd be very weird if that'd they had a camera strange. themselves. That'd be very strange. But I guess... I, I mean, I would. I mean, there's. Is there any point in monitoring yourself? I, I, I would. I imagine that camera was going to who's ever in charge, so that those people could be monitored. Yeah, I, I guess so. And I wonder if the people who are monitoring them were monitored. I mean, it's you know. No, it has to stop somewhere. 
It's, yeah, I mean, you would think so, but it's like, damn, they have this whole thing for monitoring, and then they're monitoring that, and it's like, can you trust anybody, guys? Probably not. Well, and that was my my big theory, my big question about this whole scenario is is this whole thing an experiment? Is this whole thing with you know with people coming to this island and it's seeming to be you know defunct and you know the, the old experiments are are you know done with and and is the is the question you know will the people press the button or will the people press the button when they find out that there's that we want them to press the button, and it's just an experiment, and there's no reason to press it. You know, is it sort of this meta-experiment to where they're told that there is an experiment going on, but they're, but they're, you know, they're not, they're still not outside of the experiment. They're still in the experiment. Part of the experiment is telling them that it's an experiment. Yeah, and to see if they're, and you know, Echo still wants to press it, which, which raises the question: Why does he still want to press this thing? I don't. I mean, I don't know his, what his logic. His, his frame of thought is he's saying, "Oh no, John, we have to press it now more than ever." I'm like, right. I did not follow his logic. I did write down some specific quotes um, to sort of ponder about that. But I, I want to go back first and mention a couple of sort of things from this from this segment before you know we get to you know John's John Locke's pathetic speech okay. and all that. Oh God, um, yeah. Um, the, so he so there's a computer in there and it says like what print log yeah. yes or no which I I love the fact that tell it that, you know it I don't know what computers already have the prompt there for you unless it's only specifically there to print the log you know like why would it right. already have that command there but um, I can only imagine like if the TV was still on could someone have been about to print the log like you know 20 years ago and then. You know, whatever happened, and the TV was on, and that was there for that yes, long. Yes, I guess that's the only thing I can sort of surmise. And but go ahead. I was just gonna say maybe the TV being on goes back to your theory of just this sort of ecstatic uh, design of the you know them coming into a room with the TV sort of on. You know, right. Maybe it, it shouldn't have been on, and if this was like real life or something. Right. It could. It could be. It could be. I guess. I guess I can believe, well, I can believe that maybe someone else was in the hatch more recently. I mean, that's another reason it might be on. Um, who knows? You know, there's lots of people on the island besides the plane crash uh, survivors. So, yeah. uh, you know, it, it's, it wasn't that hard to get in there. So um, It was hard to find, though. Yeah, that's true. But, uh, you know, moving that plane was pretty easy, and then the door... Moving that plane was a little bit too easy, if you ask me. Yeah, you know, I've had more trouble pushing a car than they did pushing the plane. <laughs> uh, I guess, you know, the the part that they pushed, you know, I mean, the heavy part of the plane should have been in the front, you know? So it was sort of acting as a fulcrum, but um, yeah. they did push it a little bit too easily, especially since Locke is, like, you know, you know, has that bad leg, but whatever. Supposedly. So anyway, he prints out this log, and, you know, he just instinctively, I guess, decides, well, if it's asking me to print a log, I, I, I ought to print a log. Mm -hmm. And um, and so we get this string of numbers. It's like a, a, a long string of numbers, then a colon, then two numbers, and then, like, accepted. Mm -hmm. And uh, if you sort of look at the numbers, um, you know, those of you who like to freeze frame things, uh, if you read it left to right, and you read the numbers as being in hour, colon, minute format, mm -hmm. then they're separated by uh, one hour and 48 minutes each. Are they? Yes. 
Okay, I was wondering. Uh, I didn't. I didn't take it to pen and paper, pencil and paper. But I was wondering what the interval was between the numbers. I did, and that's what it is. It's one hour forty eight minutes, left to right, which is, as we all know, if you add it up, uh, one hundred and eight minutes. Okay, that's what I assumed. Yeah. So, so, and this is accepted. So, I guess we're supposed to think that that's um, the button being pushed. The so-called um, button. How many, how many, how many uh, different number combinations did you uh, subtract? What do you mean? Uh, well, I mean, did you? Because I, I feel like the the button's not going to be pressed every 108 minutes. Sometimes it's pressed, you know, sooner. Sometimes it's pressed later. You know, because there's a yeah. there's an interval to press the button. So, I agree. So some of those agree, numbers should have been shouldn't have been exactly 108 minutes. It is though. The, well, every every one that I checked, which was a lot of them, okay. there's a pat. If you look at it, there's a pattern. It really is every 108, and that's the point I was going to bring up. They they press it shy of 108 pretty much every time. I mean, only t- only twice has it even come close to the pure 108. Yeah. So why would it record that way? I mean. Is that their way of just counting how many times the button is being pushed? It's a very convoluted way of counting. Yeah, or, or maybe it's the, the, the computer program is just saying, was this, was this code entered within the 108-minute allotment? You know, not, not necessarily, you know what I mean? And then it's sort of, I mean, it's very, it's very, it's not the way you would do it if you were really, you know, if this was real. Yeah. You would do it specifically when it was pressed. Because it's going to subtract. I mean, you know, if that's supposed to keep track of time, I mean, if they press it at 106 and then they press it at, like, 105, you know, that those those minutes that they're leaving off are going to add up, and eventually they're going to be way behind. Yeah, you know? I, think that, I think this is a case of the writers not uh, going that into detail. Yeah. Oh, oh then I guess the, they just... Here's the other, here's the other thing, though. I guess I guess just to play devil's advocate and defend them, uh, maybe because uh, you know it doesn't. Uh, uh, you can't really tell what you know what time frame those the log was referencing. Uh, I guess that many hours since the thing started, but uh, maybe the part that we saw was when someone was very diligent about pressing it, you know, exactly at the same time or something. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I guess you I mean you could throw that in there as an idea that that. The reason we saw it on that, you know, like if you got a log of, you know, more recent activity, you would see it when they sort of pressed it at different different times. Um, right. I mean, that's the thing. I think it would be interesting to see. I, I don't know if the show's going to do this. They don't necessarily sort of do all the stuff they should. Um, to see if the, the incidents, you know, at least the one where the clock went all the way, like if that records somehow differently or mm-hmm. if there's any sort of, uh, anomalies in there that aren't just like 108 accepted, you know. Yeah, I mean, what what got me was that the video didn't, uh, you know, the video just told the the participants to record everything. It didn't sort of give them any instructions of what to do, you know, if if A or B or C or whatever happened, you know, like it didn't say, okay, now if if you print out the log and you find out they didn't press the button, or I mean, they didn't even tell them, you know, the viewer what they were supposed to be monitoring. Right. Um, so to me, it didn't even seem like who was it, whoever was in that hatch was in any sort of control position. They were just another part of the experiment, uh, I think, because you know, because if you were in sort of a control position, if this was someone who was supposed to be helping to gather the data for the you know experiment, you would you would want to know, okay, now what do I do if they don't press the button, and what do I do if 
they, you know, if they're dead, or what do I, you know, what if I do if one of them kills the other person? You know, like, right. that orientation wasn't very all-encompassing. Um, and I would think someone who knew that much about the experiment wouldn't need an orientation film. Exactly, exactly. So, yeah, it does suggest that whoever was there was not sort of a higher-up, you know, the, the powerful. Yeah. Even though it did sort of remind me of a few movies I've seen with, with people sort of sitting there monitoring other people. And, and remember that scene in The Matrix with the architect when he was ah. just sitting there and then all those, like, screens in the back? Yeah. Um, that that's I guess that that's one I didn't think of. I thought it was strangely like more obscure ones, but that that's yeah that that is what that was similar to. Definitely. So what do you think? You know, you, we we see, you know we come in, we see those two very comfortable looking chairs right. with those uh, magnifying glasses attached to them. I don't know why you would have a magnifying glass attached. What could they possibly be, be looking at? You know, sort of seemingly all the time since it's attached to the chair. Uh, what could they be looking at that they need a magnifying glass? I did not notice the magnifying glasses. Oh, there basically it was this huge. It had like a. Uh, it was a big. It was a big magnifying glass. The kind you you would like, if you were like you know you're a watchmaker or you you're doing very you know minuscule work all the time with little tools. It's big. You know what I mean. It's big enough for you right. to sort of look through and see your whole field of work there. Uh, it was attached to. I think I saw it on one of the chairs. A pretty in. And I, I didn't think I saw it on the second chair, but in the video, I definitely saw it on both chairs. But anyway, so you got the magnifying glass attached to these chairs. Then you have this weird substance that's on one of the tables that to right. me looks like drugs. <laughs> like, I saw a cigarette. I saw okay. like a, I saw a cigarette, and then I saw these little n nodules. Yeah. And I'm like, is somebody rolling some joints? Like, what? What was this? I don't know what to call that stuff. Um, that was I, a weird shot. Yeah, and um. I can't I can't imagine what that was, uh, and they didn't seem to care. I mean, Echo's going to go lick the dirt, but he doesn't want to see what this stuff is on the table, but that's just him. <laughs> yeah, it, it might just be a throwaway. I don't know. It can't be a throwaway. There's no way that's a throwaway. You why would so? a production designer, why would anyone who's responsible for putting, you know, for decorating that set say, okay, well, here on this chair, we'll just sprinkle some crap on top of the cigarette. I mean, unless that, unless that's supposed to be tobacco and, you know, whoever was in the hatch right. was rolling, you know, but it didn't, they didn't seem to make it obvious that's what it was. I mean, I'll buy if it's just, you know, tobacco and someone rolled a cigarette, but um, right. I just, it didn't, it seemed, it seemed like it was important enough to question, maybe not, you know, I don't think it's important in terms of the whole show, but... I think, I think it might be like the mural or something. One of those things yeah. that's there. It's just sort of there to make it sort of feel more realistic. Yeah. To and, and fill just, everything out. Yeah, but I, I feel like it's not necessarily going to matter, um, whatever it is. But it, it is sort of interesting to try to. Because, I, I mean, it's, it seems so prominent when you watch it because they, they devote a whole, like, fairly yeah. extended shot to it. Um, okay. So. I guess we should, the next thing on my list here is the orientation, but we've already talked about it some. Mm -hmm. The first question I have about it is, why does the, why does the good doctor use a different name? And, okay, the first it was, uh, it was Mark, it was Marvin Candle in the Marvin video, and in this one it's Mark Waxman. Now, you heard Waxman, I heard Wickman. Oh, was um, it Wickman? I could have, I think it is now, I don't remember, because I, 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 thought I, I thought the first time, because I remember reading that name. Didn't we see this somewhere before a couple of weeks ago? We saw that name, Mark Wickman, 
Uh, yes, we, we did, we were, and uh, that's a spoiler. We shouldn't discuss that now. Oh, I was, I was, just, I couldn't remember why we had already seen that. But anyway, <laughs> even if it is Wickman, I think it, is, it may be Wickman. Uh, nothing to see here, folks. <laughs> nothing to see here, folks. The man behind the curtain. Um, if it is Wickman, uh, I, I thought I heard Waxman, but I, you know how I am when I write stuff. I just sort of. Whatever I just want to put down. Anyway, yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's interesting that both last names have to do with candles. You know, I obviously agree. the first one being a candle, the second one being either Waxman or Wickman. I think and it the is first Wickman. name's an M name. First name's and, an M name. Um, so they're similar, but now they're I wonder, not the same. And why would he use a different name? Um, I can't even imagine. What's the, what could possibly be the point of that? Um, I think. Ooh, good question. I'm trying to I think. Can't, I can't think of any reason at all. Why I, mean, do, I love it, but I can't think why of any does, reason. Okay why, does, okay, why does anyone use a different name to a different group of people? It's so that they can't be uh, sort of identified or, or linked back, right? I mean, that, that would be the sensible reason. Yeah, um, I mean, Echo was using a different name in Australia. Yeah, exactly. You don't want to be linked. Um to me, you know, I think I think it had to do with the am, anonymity, 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 however you pronounce that, of the project. It, it seemed like each station and each of the its respective participants um, have. It's like they're in their own little world. You know, one station doesn't know about the other, except for you know the Pearl seems to be, at least in my thought, is the only station that knows. Uh, that A, most likely A, that there's other experiments, and B, that there's specifically other stations. So right. I feel like he's he's giving each in each orientation uh, film, which I'd love to see the rest for the other stations. He's he's a different person just just to go along with this idea that this is a diff, this is a, uh, its own autonomous uh, project, um, you know. And uh, oh, there's a huge thing we got to talk about. I've been waiting to talk about for a very long time, but I just just came in my head, so I have to mention it. But anyway, so about his name change, you know, I can't. I, I'd like to think that if we if we can think of you know M something, and then you know this this, this candle reference makes me think that uh, there may be some significance to that. Like maybe um, we're, we're going to find out that um, Malcolm uh, Malcolm uh, Candlemaker is is the guy behind everything or something. You know, it makes me feel like this. <laughs> Candle reference with an M first name is going to be significant, um, but but who knows? Who knows? Right, right. Um, so it's all an elaborate plot by um, by the candle uh, industry. Crabtree and Evelyn. Yeah, Crabtree and Evelyn. They 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 uh, they want to take over one uh, one island at a time. <laughs> first, this island next Hawaii. Try the vanilla, guys. Try the vanilla. Yeah, vanilla candles are the only candles I can stand. Anyway, <laughs> so uh, anyway, speaking of speaking of candles, what was the big thing you wanted to mention? Okay, okay, this is huge, guys. I hope everyone is ready for this. This is this is this is next. This is in long, along the lines of finding out that you know for a fact that uh, the Dharma Initiative is is defunct. You piqued my interest. That's um, he he basically he says at the at, towards the end of the video when you're done with your three weeks. Um, go, I forgot the name of the, of the place, but he says, go to this place and catch the ferry. You remember that part? Yes, I okay. do. Now, so they had to point that out to me. Some people seem to think what he said was Apollo, but it didn't sound like no, Apollo. No, I heard, I oh, God, I wrote it down. I heard, um, I heard, I heard, uh, Apollo or... Proceed to the something ferry. Yeah, it was something. 
It was something. Which Okay, here's the full line. I actually wrote this down. Which will take you back to the barracks to prepare for your next... And then it sort of cuts out. But okay, this is what I this is what got me though. That means that there is a way off the island. This is my big thing. The island cannot be interdimensional. It can't be a different dimension or a different location other than Earth because a boat can get there. That's yeah. what I thought was a big thing. You know, a lot of people oh. theor- a lot of people have theorized that this island is in a different dimension or a different place, and you can only sort of get there if you fly through Aurora Borealis or something. I don't know, but. Um, the fact that, you know, a ferry that seems to, you know, come quite often if you just go there uh, can take you off of this island is a big deal, yeah. you know, because that means there is a connection to the outside world. I mean, it now, means it could be an interdimensional ferry. I guess it saying. could be. Uh, I don't want to know what the cost of a ticket is on an interdimensional ferry, but uh, <laughs> I, got, I, I bet it's high. Um, no, I thought it was huge that... Uh, you know, that it said, you know, take the ferry. Now, I mean, maybe... I hadn't really thought of that. I guess because I never believed that it wasn't Earth. Exactly, so. exactly. I mean, I never believed that he... But I did I did think that maybe, you know... I mean, Henry says, you know, God doesn't know what's going on on this island. Now I feel True. like God has to know. If, I mean, God's got to know where the ferry's going, right, Henry? I mean, I mean, that whole line... I mean, I, I never believed that line. That's Henry, though. You know, he's... He, we talked about that line where 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 Anna Lucia's like, Goodwin tried to kill me. Did he? Yeah, he's like, he, yeah, he did. We saw it. I mean, <laughs> yeah. it's, it's hard to deny. Yeah, yeah, it's crazy. So, um, so I'm guessing he just. I don't think that's true. I mean, it's completely ridiculous. It doesn't make any sense. But I think I think it's it's huge that we that that he mentioned that there's a ferry uh, that you can just sort of. I didn't. You know, people want to think it's Apollo. Uh, because I think I think there's a reference to another station being Apollo, or I don't know if that's a real real reference, but um, yeah, or if that's something I just heard somewhere. But um, he, I wrote it down. I don't know where it is, but it's it's a P. It starts with a P. It doesn't start with anything else. It's like it's like Apollo or Apollo. Ugh. Yeah, I couldn't. It didn't sound like a, a, a word that I knew. Oh, here it is. Um, oh, I don't know what I wrote down. P I L L A. Or P A L L A Paula. I don't know. Paula. 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 Um. Here, I've got the I got the video right here. I'm just gonna listen to it real quick. So hang in there with me, so we can get past what the hell this thing is called. You're a star, Lock. You're a star. All right. So uh, while you're doing that, um, here it is. Hold on. You, as the observer, don't need to know. All you need to know is the subjects believe their job is of the utmost importance. Remember, everything that occurs, no matter how minute or seemingly unimportant, must be recorded. It's after this. Each time a notebook is filled with the fruits of your diligent observation, I'm much rather look at that for And all of us, we are the darling. I love this guy's dodgy delivery. Proceed to the Paula Ferry. Paula. Yeah. He said proceed to the Paula ferry. Paula, okay. Paula. Whatever that means. I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't sound like Paula. It's, a, it's like Paula. It's like it's a, I don't know. It seems like a different sort of, different, whatever. What, how's Paula different from Paula? Um. Well, when I say Paula, I'm saying Paula, but it seems like he's saying Paul, P-O-L-L-A, like Paula. I mean, it, it right, sounds virtually the same, but yeah, okay. <laughs> I I have a, there's a difference when I say it. I mean, that's just me. All right. I mean, yeah. 
Okay, fair enough. So I think it's interesting that he he mentions. I know that the fairy thing is interesting, but I think it's also interesting the thing he says after that, where he says it'll it'll take you back to the barracks. To the barracks. To, to prepare you for your next who knows what because it cuts off. And whenever there's edits like that, I assume that's really important stuff. Yeah. And um, what, what's unfortunate is it's not going to be like the film where they can just sort of find the piece that was missing. Right. Uh, I mean, that's just a flaw in the tape. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so the barracks, I mean, using that word suggests some sort of military Some thing. sort of camp, some sort of, uh, yeah, some sort of, uh, military, but like I would say more specifically, some sort of organized structural system, right? You know where. And, and where I think it's interesting that it's like three weeks, yeah, as opposed to like the three months for the other hatch. Like they're not there very long before they go off and do something else. Yeah. Um, I don't know what that. What I that think means. It, I think part of it has to do. Uh, I thought three weeks was because they seem like they have to monitor them twenty four seven. I mean, obviously they do, and they have right. to monitor a lot of stations. Whereas the the other people in the in the Swan Hatch only have to push that button, you know, every hundred eight minutes. So and they can alternate. So they have a lot more downtime than the people who are in the Pearl Hatch. Right. They're pretty much always bit working. At least one of them has to be always working. Right. You know. Um. So so now that brings up, I guess, the, the big question. Um, he, you know, so, the, so they record everything they see, and he says that the, the, he won't tell the people watching the orientation film what the experiment is. He does say it's a psychological experiment. Yeah. Um, uh, sort of confirming what, sorry, Jack thought, you know, a long time ago. Which makes me think it's wrong. (laughs) Which makes me think it's wrong, too, but, you know, it still confirms that. Um, Yeah, well, he also said his name was uh, Marvin Wickman, so. (laughs) That's true. Uh, And Henry was saying something like that, too. Um, Not that it was an experiment, but that it didn't matter. And, And then he says, you know, the subjects think it's very important, which is certainly true of the button, or at least they're made to think that. Yeah. Um, so, but then my question is, he never explicitly names the Swan Hatch. So, are we to assume that every hatch is just an experiment? Yeah, I felt like um, there was experiments going on. Uh, that's what I seem to get, that there's experiments going on at every hatch, uh, in every hatch, and um, or every station, I should say. I'm going to stop saying hatch. Uh, in every station. And, I mean, can that, does it make sense for that to be true? I mean, who really knows? Um, I mean, there is a magnet there, you know? Yeah. We've, we've seen it at work. Is it, is it really, I mean, and they're supposed to have done work in uh, electromagnetism. Are we supposed to assume that's not true and all they do is psychological experiments? I mean, good question. Um um, you know, that's really weird. I mean, the, the orientation film, maybe the magnet was just placed there to confirm what the orientation film of the swan says, because they say, you know, this site was chosen for its electromagnetic properties. Right. Uh, maybe that uh, that magnet is it was put there just to confirm that, if you know, just so who's ever there can sort of witness it firsthand and make, it, make them believe what they're doing is, you know, that much uh, more real. Right. Um, Okay. I, I wanted to mention, uh, I know we're on sort of a bigger thing here, but I, when we were talking about the Pearl Hatch, um, was that all of the hatch? Was it just that one room? I, I felt like 
it was weird that they didn't like explore more, and I feel like the yeah. only reason they didn't explore more because it was just that one room, which which is weird because you know the Swan Hatch is decked out, man. It yeah. is it is very nice, and right. I mean I, was, I remember that shot in uh, when Jack is like in the bathroom, and I was just looking at the, how nice the bathroom looked. It's just like why would someone in this sort of like experiment be in such nice conditions? Uh, like is that part of the experiment? Like. I mean, that's a pretty nice environment. I mean, yeah, you're underground or whatever, but uh, yeah, parts of the hatch are really nice. And this hatch didn't really seem that nice. It seemed really small. There were no recreational activities. I mean, I guess because they don't have time, like I said earlier. Um, yeah. But uh, it just seemed like a, a really totally different hatch. And uh, hopefully this isn't detailing too much. Why is, Why was it a question mark on the, on the blast door map? Was it they didn't know if the hatch was there or they didn't know what the hatch was for or they knew a hatch was supposed to be in the area but they couldn't find it? Right. Like, it I mean, a, that's... I mean, there was a huge question mark. It seemed like that was answering, you know, finding that place would be really, really important. And i got to say... I mean, yeah, we found out some some interesting information, but was it that important? Does it does it drastically change life on the island for these people? I mean, it puts in the question if 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 uh, if pushing the button is uh, is just an experiment, like the the video says, or not. But that's about it. You know, it gives us a little bit more information about you know Dharma and what they were doing. But uh, to me, it's not. It didn't fulfill what I thought that question mark was really going to fulfill. I don't know. What about you? What do you think? Yeah. Um, yeah, I agree. I, I assumed it, it would be more than that, but, um, but, I mean, it certainly has thrown some, some, I don't know, wrenches into the whole thing and, uh, brought up some new sort of things to think about, and I think that it will probably be important in the long run, but, yeah, I, I, I can agree that it, it doesn't seem as big of a deal as the map made it seem. Yeah, I mean, the map, I mean, it was like the focus of that map, that huge question mark. Right. Um, and I, I'm guessing the map, I mean, I just don't understand. I was, I was trying to think of the map maker and, you know, uh, them drawing the map and uh, why they would put a question mark there. And I just, I can't wrap my head around the most plausible answer. It's like, did they... Did they did they know something was there, but they could never found it, or um, or didn't know what the purpose was? You know, couldn't ever get the doors open or something. I don't know. Um, right. The whole map thing is, is sort of it makes me feel like the, the it makes me feel like the map is is less important than it than it than I thought it was. For whatever reason. Yeah. Well, I don't necessarily think that, but it's you know. Speaking of the map, can we just mention how uh, ridiculous it was that Echo found the hat that the, the pearl so easily? Like he takes John's little handwritten map, which has no orientation. It doesn't list which way is north or south, east or west, which because the Blastor map doesn't. Uh, but Echo just assumes that okay, well, the Swan is here and the question mark is here, so let's go this way. I mean, I thought that was really preposterous. Really preposterous. I agree. I don't, and, and, I don't buy and that. And with an island all. that big, this, the, the idea that they that they stumbled upon the airplane on an island this big just for going in one direction is really crazy. I mean, that's really crazy that they that they came to the airplane. Yeah. Uh, but anyway, that's just in the implausibility section of the podcast. I agree. I agree. Okay. Um, what about so if if it's just a psychological experiment? 
what um, another thing worth noting is that the camera angle uh, in the hatch was not of the the computer room. Yeah, that's that, yeah, that's what I was mentioning. That that maybe there's two cameras because, like I said in the orientation video, it seems like it was camera five that was showing. Uh, it was it was directed towards the computer in the hatch, whereas camera seven looked like you know camera seven that we saw you know when we saw Jack um, looked like it was just you know sort of pointed in that like living room kitchen area thing, right? Um, which is which to me it would seem like in, in a hatch that big you would need at least two cameras, right? Or at least you know. Yeah. Uh, I mean, that would only sort of make sense because you want to see what they're doing in the computer room and you want to see what they're doing when they're not in the computer room. Yeah, if you want to really observe everything they're doing, I mean, you got to cover hey, the whole area. Yeah, I, I almost thought you were going to quote what he said. Remember what he said about Linda DeGroote? Or who, is it Linda DeGroote? She said, um, Oh, yeah. Uh, what did she say something about? It? Careful observation. It's Karen, isn't it? Is it? Yeah, Karen. Uh, oh, I forgot the. I didn't. I don't know the quote. I feel bad, but. It was, I don't remember the quote either, but I know what you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, it was like, uh, only under careful observation can we learn anything or something like that. So. Yeah. So that so that would make sense. But then uh, what about the incident, the, the famous incident? It, it was all over the blaster map. It was mentioned in the uh, first orientation film. Um, is that just, you know, bullshit, basically? Uh, I think was there really an incident? I think there was an incident. Um, I mean... I think there's way more, you know, obviously there's a lot more to what's going on than we even know. I think we probably know maybe on a good guess 5 5 to 10% of what's going on in yeah. the island. Yeah. I mean, it it seems to me like like we're given um like a huge like basically there's this there's this huge like 2000 page book and we get to see like page 564 mm-hmm. and page like, you know, 1012 and yeah. That's it, and we're yeah. supposed to sort of piece together this this large general picture. Um, but I have to say, I really did. I, I watched the old orientation film, and I started to think I was getting it. <laughs> really? Yeah. Um, at least part of it. At least part of it. I got the sense that the original Hanzo de Groot Dharma conglomerate. <laughs> What you know, whatever whatever the relationship is between those three things, I don't know, and really I can't explain most of what's going on in the show. But at some point, they they set up um, a research facility on the island mm-hmm. and uh, carried out experiments there. I yeah. feel like that's true. Maybe that's just really obvious, but. <laughs> Somehow it wasn't clear to me until now. I mean, definitely now it seems like it's definitely true. I mean, I mean, I always believe what we found out in the first orientation film that you know that the uh, was it the Dharma or the, the groups were you know uh, interested in those like six different subjects. You know, the paranormal activity and the electromagnetism and the uh, you know the animal research. You know, all the little the things he says in the in the first orientation video. Uh, so I always believe that to be true, and that that's you know that's what they were doing on the island because that's how I explained the polar bears. Because in the first orientation video, they show this image of polar bears when they're talking about one of their research aspects is animal you know animal related, and then they show polar bears, and of course there's polar bears in season one. Right. Um, so I feel like those experiments were uh, along the line. Um, what am I those experiments were carried on the island. What? 
Okay, in, in terms of that, uh, and I, I don't have the list of the seven things. I had it memorized at one point. Um, do, 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 you know, does, does the psychological pressing of the button fit into any one of those categories? Um, I do believe one of them was psychology. What was one of them psychology? Okay. I'll buy that. Then. So that would, that would do it. Right. Yeah, because I think they said psychology, and then they said parapsychology. Yeah, parapsychology. So, so uh, I mean, yeah, it was, that would fit right in there, if we're going to say that's true. But I believe in the first thing, they say something about the DeGroots having a dream of setting up uh, a research, like, compound or something. It has with, something to do with, like, a utopian thing, right? Yeah, yeah, there's, yeah, there's the, well, utopian social was there, was the last, like, thing that they were interested in studying. Yeah, okay. And, you know, another edit makes you think, oh, that's real important, whatever it is. Because <laughs> they just don't edit the unimportant stuff. They don't. Um, so, yeah, some, maybe that, but I feel like this island is the realization of that sort of dream that they had. Yeah. And, but there has to be... You know, that's one thing, but then there has to be, like, three or four other really crazy things to make to make what's going on on this island possible now. I mean, the whole thing with the others, the whole thing with yeah. uh, Smokey, I mean, there's a lot more going on than just uh, this place for experiments. I feel like they always thought that the whole Dharma initiative thing and their prog- programs were, were sort of the foundation of the island. And, and at one point, it was just sort of normal. They were doing these experiments, and, you know, everything's, everything's great. Right. And then the incident, and then other things happened to where it became this what it is now, which is right. a crazy-ass place. I agree. I can't. I really can't explain most things, but I don't know that that general picture of how all that stuff came to be. Like, you know, all these hatches, stations, whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, stations, please. What they used to do. I mean, I have to. I have to call them hatches because I have to give in to what everybody else calls them. That's what oh they call no! Them on the show. If, if you change, then everyone else will change. I've learned from my from my experience that you just can't fight the common parlance. I mean, if everybody uses it, they're not going to stop. Well, they call them stations in in the Dharma videos. They call them stations, too. I mean, they don't call them hatches in the Dharma videos. Yeah, right. Well, they're using the correct terminology. But all the fans use it and all the people on the show who are, are, you know, the, the, the plane crash survivors use it. So, you know. Until they stop calling it that, you know, I, I'm going to call it that, but, hey, whatever. Yeah. Anyway, th- this, this, just this general picture, I don't know, it, it, that's how those things got there. And then whatever happened after that, I mean, I guess that's the big mystery that's left over. How, mu- how much of this video can we believe, though? Well, that's a good question. But I, I was still sort of up in the air about, what those things were really about. I mean, I, I guess, yeah. I don't know. I guess I feel like it was just some big thing. Um, I don't bit, know. Oh. Especially since they conflict. Yeah. I don't know. Well, I think whatever uh, whatever materials Echo took from the hatch might uh, be interesting later. I love when Echo goes to the to the shelf and he, he, he finds that composition notebook and he opens it. And, and if I'm not mistaken, the, the part that he opens is blank. And then he blows it and dust comes off. I don't know how dust gets in between pages of a book that's been sitting on the shelf for a while. But, uh, I mean, I just thought that was just a movie, you know, a TV thing. When You yeah. you know, you, you don't open a book and blow, and blow dust from, because it's been closed. How does dust get there? But, right. uh, but I also thought it was even stranger that he would blow it 
with the pages being blank. I mean, what are you trying to see? The pages are blank. Right. You know, so anyway. Um, yeah, I don't just randomly blow dust off stuff. Yeah, especially when it's blank. Right. Um, I thought it was uh, – another qu- little question I had was, um, you know, basically um, Mr. Wickman uh, says that, uh, you know, to roll up the composition book and send it, you know, and it, it sends it to them. And uh, I love the way he phrased it, too, because he didn't say – I expected him to say it'll send it to headquarters or it'll send it to, you know, this station or it'll right. send it to – he says, he says it'll send it to us, right? Right. Uh, which was uh, way more enigmatic. Uh, and then yeah. I and then Locke goes and puts his paper in there, which scared me. You know why that scared me? Because why? if there's anybody back at wherever at, at wherever is at the end of that tube, is going to find out. Oh, someone's in that hatch. Yeah. Because they just sent this paper, and whether it's the others that are at the other end of that, you know, if they're occupying, you know, whatever place receives those. Uh, that pneumatic feed or whatever it is, they know someone's in there. To me, that was a stupid thing to do. It's like, Locke, did you did you not believe it worked? Like, did you did you just want to did you have to test it yourself? I mean, and yeah, that was that was very weird. I, I assume Dharma headquarters. I mean, it seems like that's where it would be, but since it would have to be. It have to be someplace on the island. I mean, you. I just can't imagine a pneumatic system that was that was. Too big, where it could go, you know, underwater. Or I agree. Something. I can't imagine been... how they get electricity either, though. So. Yeah. Well, there has, you know, I, was, I wrote that down because uh, today there's there so much electricity in this episode, it's ridiculous. And I was just thinking that like there, there's got to be generators somewhere on the island, like big generators somewhere on the island, that uh, that maybe they'll find one day. Um, you know, who knows what that cable is that Hurley and and Saeed found that one time. Right. You know, I, I I always assumed it was some sort of data feed, but maybe it's a uh, you know some some wires for uh, electrical you know power. Um, and I also wanted to mention earlier that um, at the very beginning of the episode when um, you know they want uh, oh god, there's a whole bunch of stuff I wanted to mention. But uh, first, Michael saying 20 minutes, I think is going to come into play later. I don't think Jack got a chance to think about it, but you know when when. Jack asked Michael, how long has it been since, you know, Henry shot you? He said, I don't know, 20 minutes. And then Jack just sort of, you know, starts talking about something else, you know, that we need, that they need to go track him. But I think later he's going to put two and two together that in 20 minutes Libby should have been dead or in 20 minutes you would have had, you would have been bleeding more or in 20 minutes, you know. I think that might come into play later. Um, and I also want to mention that I thought it was really ridiculous when Echo, when they want to track Henry, and Nichols says, I'll go track him. Hey, John, uh, you have tracking skills, don't you? And John's like, yeah. I mean, haven't they already proven that you can't track another? They tried to do this with Ethan, and they, they were, it was untrackable, right? Yeah. They've already done that. And Locke specifically was asked right. to do that back then. Why do, why do they think now that they can go track him? Although, didn't, didn't Jack actually track them? And that's why, remember he, uh, Ethan attacked him and said, like, stop following me. If you don't, then I'll But I thought the whole you. thing was that the others didn't leave track. So that was the whole thing. But I, I thought... I think, well, I think he... I think, I, think that, I think they were finding... Jack, what Jack was finding was the fact... Because he had uh, Claire with him, right? Claire and uh, Charlie, didn't he? Oh, no, no, no. no, no. no. This, was the, uh, oh, this was the second time. This was when... I thought uh, it was the first time. No, no, no. Wait, the, well, first, 
Well, the second time he just gets shot, so they're not tracking him that second time. Oh, they didn't track him. Okay. Well, I was thinking Charlie was. Well, where was Charlie when John was Jack was tracking him? I think he, well, he finds him like tied up. Okay, and then he keeps following him. Uh, I mean, maybe I I'm wrong. I just thought I remembered they made a big deal about you. You, you can't track the others. They don't leave tracks. They they did make a deal about that, but not about Ethan. Okay. It was it was the other group of others, and that's you know that's where that two groups of others thing comes in. Oh, uh, maybe okay. Um, Ethan was hard to track, but they he really did track him, and that's why he like said you better not you better quit following me or I'll kill something or other. I, yeah, I didn't uh, I didn't buy that whole scene anyway. But uh, it's been so long since I've seen it, I, I just can't remember exactly how it went. But but I think yeah. I think that's that's another example of, of the two things. But I think others are hard to track, certainly. And Henry, you know, who knows? He, he's God. What, what, what is he? I mean, that was one of China Mom's questions. You know, what what's Henry doing now? Yeah. Oh God, he's who knows. But anyway, so we were talking about what? <laughs> um. Uh. Let's see. I mean, we were talking about this hat stuff. I, I guess you know. Oh, I got another thing to mention. Okay. Well, go ahead. <laughs> Uh, I just wanted to mention that uh, I know a lot of people have probably read uh, about this idea of remote viewing. Uh, that was a big theory uh, that was brewing about, you know, being one of the things that, that's happening on the island. And what remote viewing is is um, this idea of, you know, this sort of paranormal ability to uh, see, th- see things uh, that, you know, in a place that you're not, you know, sort of, you know, almost like um, an out-of-body experience or something like that. And that uh, one of the, the, the one of the things that remote viewers use, and this is actually uh, a concept that was studied by like the U.S. military for like 30 years, and it's a it's a huge thing that that has sort of pseudo pseudo scientific uh, um, qualities to it, I should say, um, or results. Um, and uh, one of the things you do when you're when you're doing remote viewing is you you associate your target with numbers, and of course. Uh, the infamous lost numbers are printed on, are etched on the the swan hatch, and so people were saying, okay, in the in that this idea of remote viewing, um, these numbers are used by whoever, whoever's conducting this remote viewing session to see in and around that hatch because the numbers, you know, usually in remote viewing the numbers are sort of randomly generated and they are, um, you know, used to target a specific location. Uh, but anyway, my point of bringing up remote viewing. Uh, is this idea that um, – because I, I saw somewhere else, I can't remember where, something that seemed official. I think it was one of the Hanzo documents or something with this new uh, lost interactive thing that's going on in the web, uh, which is sort of kind of official. You know, I don't know if it's supposed to be in canon or not. But um, they mentioned remote viewing somewhere, and I was like, okay, wow, that's weird that they're, they're mentioning this thing that people thought was a theory. But what if the remote viewing – uh, is just what's technically literally happening when you're monitoring someone viewing in a, in a camera situation, you know. So this idea of remote viewing is really just the pearl, uh, just people, you know, in the pearl remotely viewing what's going on in these experiments. Uh, so I just wanted to throw that out there as a way to tie in uh, what the sort of official thing said about remote viewing and what people have been saying about remote viewing, but making it really sort of plainly just watching people on camera. Right. I just Not supernatural. Not like a supernatural, you know, thing about remote viewing. Right. 
Like the whole thing with Walt appearing. And yeah, and that was the, yeah the whole thing with Walt appearing that he appeared because he had that ability to remote view himself and he could sort of appear there even though he was somewhere else and. Right. All right, so we, I think we've thoroughly discussed that. I'm sure there's more to say, but I think we'll just sort of move on. Yeah. Um, and and sort of get get to wrapping this up. The next thing I wanted to bring up is just echoes echo. Okay. Locke has a long speech about how, oh, uh, who cares, I'm pathetic, and, and none of this matters, as he believes the new orientation film proves. And Echo believes uh, that pushing the button now is actually more important yeah. than it was before. Now, I don't follow his reasoning, but here's a quote from him that I think, uh, I guess, explains what he believes here. Uh, the reason to push the button is not because we are told to do so in the film. We do it because we believe we are meant to. Now, for me, this reminds me of the end of Pulp Fiction when Jules explains to Tim Roth uh, why he is giving him his money and letting him go. That explanation always seemed very weird to me he says, like, I'm buying your life, and he gives him money, and but he's buying his life. I'm giving you this money so I don't have to kill you. I, I always thought that was very weird. I like the movie a lot, but this is reminding me of that, and that it's this sort of pure faith thing that I guess I just don't get. Yeah. I, you know, to me, I thought Echo's explanation was just sort of, uh, I'm almost like psychobabble. To me, it did. he didn't really explain anything. I mean, he says, you know, he just said what he said, but I just didn't. I just didn't think that made any more sense. Like we're not supposed to do it because we're told to. We're supposed to do it because we're meant to do it. Uh, well, we believe we're meant to. I mean, isn't that? I mean, that sort of goes along the lines of being told that. I mean, basically the difference is instead of being told you're supposed to, you 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 need to do this, you're told you're meant to do this. Um, which is, uh, you know, I, and it it doesn't. In any event, his his explanation doesn't make me think they should press it anymore. Um, I mean, just because you think you're meant to do something, you know, that's one thing. But when you know that's part of a psychological experiment, then how does that really help anything? My first thought is, man, Jack's really not going to want to press the button now. I mean, he was hesitant <laughs> at first. He really ain't going to want to press the button He's now. He's going to have to hold back to sort of say, you know, told you so. Well, and, of course, I'm sure our audience knows uh, Locke ain't telling Jack nothing about this hash. They would. If Jack finds out about this hash before season five, I'll be surprised. <laughs> yeah. I will be surprised. Yeah, Locke does not have a history of being a blabbermouth about important things. No, no. So we can only assume. Yeah, I mean, I think I think Echo could tell somebody. He he has the potential for for telling people, but mm, um, if he, he might tell he, Charlie. Um, I I think if he thinks there's some reason to tell people, he will. Um, I think Locke, even if he thinks there's reason to tell people, will he'll sort just of tell a lie back. instead. Yeah, um, he'll hold it back until he realizes it's a huge. It was a oops, huge I got something to tell you. Uh, <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I just, I don't, I don't buy it, and I don't know if Locke even buys it. I mean, I think Locke, and and you know, in, in terms of sort of when I was trying to identify with Locke in this situation. Um, I think Locke was won over by his speech in terms of, you know, you know, there's something crazy going on here, you know, the same plane my brother got on is here, you know, and right. I wound up here too. 
And, you know, there, there is something to be said for that. But why we need to press the button, I think he, he – I don't think there's a good reason uh, that the writers can tell us right now because I don't, I, don't I don't buy Echo's explanation. It just doesn't make any sense. Like, we're supposed to do it – no, not, or we should do it because we think we're meant to. Right. Uh, I just don't know what that it means. Seems, it seems circular. Yeah, it does like, seem circular. Like I've heard we should I've do heard, it because we believe we're meant to do it, and we believe we're meant to do it because we should do it. Yeah. And, you know. I've heard I've heard explanations like that before. I've actually written explanations like that before in my own scripts when I have no good reason why someone should do something, but they need convincing. And you right. just basically I, – I can't think. There's so many times that in, like, Star Trek and other things, I've I've seen people say very similar things where they're like, Oh, you're not supposed to do it because of this reason that we just found out you're supposed to do it, which is the reason you don't want to do it. Um, you should do it because, wait, what am I talking about? I mean, like, you just sort of don't give a real explanation. Right. Right. And, uh, so we'll see what Locke thinks. I mean, I, I think he, I think he's, I mean, I, I think he sort of had his faith renewed with the dream and, you know, all that stuff, and he, you know, I love when he, he's about to open the hatch, or Echo's about to open the hatch to the, to the, to the Swan Station, and, I mean, to the Pearl Station, and, uh, he goes, oh, Locke goes, oh, do you mind if I open it? And I'm just like, God, Locke, are you that petty to where you have to be the one to open the thing? Like, Well, okay. then Echo still helps and him, because it's And heavy. that's what I was going to mention, those doors are, I think they're, they're way more heavy than, than logic would allow, if, that should either be an alternative entrance or what I really think it should be is an, an escape route uh, because, I, like I said, I think there should be – there's normal doors into that hatch. Like getting in and out of the hatch shouldn't be that hard of a journey. You know, you would – normally for a station like that, you want to build normal doors like all the other stations we've seen have. Um, so if you were trying to get out of the, the Pearl Station through that, you know, through that, that tunnel or shaft or whatever, it's, I guess it's a shaft, um, you would not be able to push those doors open. You know, you wouldn't have the physical force to, to, to put – I don't think you would because they could barely lift it up. And, you know, you're standing on like a ladder thing trying to push something that heavy. I don't think you'd be able to do. So I thought it was a little ridiculous how heavy those doors were. I didn't really get the significance of that. I don't know if that was just a, a show thing to make it more dramatic or what. But I think in real life you wouldn't want to make doors that you would expect people to leave from that heavy. Right. Good point. All right. So I think um, uh, we should sort of start to wrap this up. Yeah, yeah. Is that all right with you? Um, I think good. we talked about pretty much everything I want to talk about and more. Good. Uh, I think there, there we could say more, but, you know, you, at some point you got to say enough's enough. Yeah. Um, whatever you think we didn't talk about, let us know. You know, we're happy to hear it. Um, okay. So I want to quickly go over next week on Lost. So... Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Oh, I can't wait. Let's talk about that. This is spoiler material, so semi-spoiler material. So even though we've kind of already ventured into spoiler territory yeah. uh, by accident, uh, here we're definitely going to do it if you don't want to know stuff about what's in Next Week on Lost. Stop listening. Okay. So here's what I have written down. Um, uh Oh, let's quickly mention where people can watch Next on Lost if they uh, if they don't watch it on TV. Which, if they don't watch it on TV, I don't know how you're watching it, guys. I hope you're not illegally downloading it uh, because um, it's illegal. It's illegal. 
And, but anyway, and, Lost Links, of course, lostlinks.net, right? .net. So, all right. I I just uh, put um, – I just wrote a few things down. I think I kind of want to just blow through them, and then you can say whatever you want to say about them. Um, I, it looks to me like this is going to explain – and this is promised uh, in one of the podcasts, the official podcast. This is going to explain some of Michael's story from mm-hmm. the time he was – gone, you know, from the, the main camp. Can't wait. Um, some of the shots seem to suggest that. Um, there's a line that is Saeed, I believe, saying, I think Michael has been compromised. Mm-hmm. Um, good for Saeed. Uh, you know, I, I can't say it enough. I love Saeed. Um, hopefully he'll come into play a little bit more as the season wraps up, because uh, I think he's great. I think he's smart and, and, and apt at just about everything. He should be doing more than whatever he's doing right now. Uh, so hopefully he'll be the one to help foil Michael. Yeah, I mean obviously he's he has a suspicion, which we mentioned is very reasonable since he pulled the same trick Michael did. Yeah, yeah. So okay, the next thing I noticed uh, is that little clip where Michael says, "I don't even think my son is alive," <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, "What? What's your motivation, Mister?" And then like there's some well, I think. I think from at that point he meant at that point I think he means I don't think my son. It seems like they had went through they've gone through a lot and maybe at that point he still didn't find Walt. Oh, um, it's not like he says that before they leave on whatever they're going to do. I think he sort of says that after they've sort of tried to do so. Because remember early in the the next on little video he's like uh, or maybe it was in the Canadian version when he's like We're, we need to go get him. I still want to go get him, and then later. You know, in the American version, we get that weird lady who's like, uh, yeah. "Your son is alive. He's standing right outside." I've right. never believed anything less in my entire life. I'm sorry. I, I just don't buy that Walt standing Who right outside. Who was that woman? Like, I, that was a she weird, must like, have been. She must have been. I, I just assume she was part of the camp that they're going to go infiltrate. Yeah. I, I guess that's what we're supposed to believe, but I just I'm like I don't know that character, and they're apparently on the island and. Uh, <sighs> Well, the big thing, I think, I mean, one of the big things is you see Zeke, like, throwing a rope, and then you see Michael falling, so it seems like Zeke roped Michael, Yeah. Um, which is crazy in and of And itself. he seems to have gray hair, too. Which yeah, is, and he's got the, he's, you know, he looks like, uh, he's got the fake beard and stuff, if, if it's fake. Um, yeah. Well, that goes to our theory, or my theory, that we were talking about, about uh, the clone theory that we shouldn't talk about now because we don't have time. Right. Uh, but the really, clone theory, a tease for later. A tease for later, yeah, the clone theory. But anyway. We'll tell you about it sometime. Yeah. Um, and then the other big question, I think, is the very end of it. I love it. What? Yeah. I love it. That's, that, that's probably one of my favorite. I mean, I know it might not even happen like we saw it. But when, but when you see pretty much every main character looking out onto something, and there's this orange glow on their face, and they're like, "Oh my God!" and just completely shocked. And yeah, yeah. And it it it, it reminds me of uh, the excitement I had when uh, when Locke is looking at the hatch and the light comes on, and the show ends. It's like it's so monumental, and you don't yeah. know what it means. And I hope it's good. I hope it's not it's not another like supply drop or something. Right, um, so there's some some silly little thing like in other previews where it's just like innocuous, like Hurley's yeah. doing something. It's Hurley like doing like jumping jacks and eating a salad. They're like, oh my god, <laughs> hell is frozen over. 
Right. Uh, I, you know, my preliminary theory is that it's it's a boat. I don't know why. I feel like they were looking out into the ocean yeah. in that shot. Uh, I feel like it's a boat or something else that they think might save them. Although, with that weird orange glow, like I, I, told, I wrote down, it's either a boat or the sunset. Like, I don't know what's going on. I didn't notice the orange glow, but I, the, my first thought was it's some sort of boat. Yeah. That that was what it And seemed. if it is a boat, I'll give you five dollars. It doesn't see them and it keeps going. Ooh. Uh yeah, well that's uh yeah. I mean they're not getting off the island, uh, you know, I hope that's not a spoiler, but uh if it's <laughs> no, they're getting off actually, the island then stop watching the show now. Um Alright. I so mean I also I'm watching read. it right now and it looks there's a definite light source. I mean maybe it's that's just a natural light, but it looks like it's some sort of crazy light source that's on their face. But anyway. So I want to read uh, the description again real quick. Um, so next week? Yeah, the official description. This this actually has some interesting stuff here. Um, a deter- okay, the episode's called Three Minutes. Um, who knows why? A determined Michael convinces Jack and several castaways to help him rescue Walt from the others. With Jack away, Locke is left in charge of the hatch and must decide if he should believe Henry, Henry, and not push the button, risking everyone's safety. Meanwhile, meanwhile, the events that happened to Michael after he left are finally revealed. <laughs> All right. Wow, that's pretty. Uh, uh, that's pretty blatant there. Okay. Lastly, lastly, meanwhile, again, meanwhile. Charlie struggles with Echo's decision to discontinue building the church. I, you know, right when you said that, I'm like, he's not going to build the church. You know, why am I? Well, I should not be surprised. I should not. I don't. I shouldn't even be surprised. Because I was wondering, what are they going to do with this church? Like you said earlier, like you know, who who's going to be the leader? Like who's going to? Is he going to hold a sermon? Um. Yeah, I was really worried about that. That seemed like a really awful subplot. I'm about to get upset, though, because it seems really strange that they would have them start building this church, and now they're not. And I I can't wait to see what his explanation is, uh, why he thinks he doesn't. Yeah, I I don't know what to make of that. Yeah. Um, Especially since he's in full zealot mode right now. I don't know if he's... I don't know, but you know the other thing I was going to say. You mentioned, um, oh, what was the other thing you said? What was the second thing you said? The second thing I said in the description. Yeah, the meanwhile something something. The events that happened to Michael after oh. he left. Her. No, I'm sorry. You mentioned uh, you were questioning John and uh, Locke and listening to uh, Henry. Yeah. Uh, I'm assuming they're they're referencing when Henry said, you know, the button doesn't do anything. Yeah, well, that is, but I mean, the real, the real thing, the real thing you should be questioning is the the orientation film from the, yeah, from the Pearl Hatch. That's the reason to not Henry. I mean, Henry isn't isn't a reason to doubt. I don't think. Well, maybe maybe they have some sort of flashback where they 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 you know Locke remembers Henry telling him that, so that's why that's in there or something. Okay. Yeah, I mean, yeah, that's just. Uh, I, I I just think that's the worst reason to not push the button. Yeah. Well, Henry said I shouldn't, so he's my best yeah. friend. Henry says lots of stuff, guys. I'm the, sure you figured that out by now. Henry's my best friend. He wouldn't lie to me. Okay, I don't know why he's like southern, but he got really country. Yeah, I don't know why. Wow, that was really weird. Um, 
All right. So guess what? I'm done. Are you done? I got like 20 more things to talk about. Like, ooh, I think I'm done. Uh, let me look at my list real quick. I really think I'm done. Uh, I, I, I think we actually talked about like everything uh, on this thing. Uh, ooh, mm, mm. Okay, this is all. We're gonna edit all that out. Uh, yeah. We'll yeah. Yeah. No. I, I guess that. that's. Uh, I guess that's it. Oh. The, okay. Yeah. Do you think? Do you think Michael was brainwashed? I mean, in the next on, they show this like, they, like someone giving him some sort of injection, or seems they like do? somebody does. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. Like right around the brainwash part, or are in compromised. He says, "You see what I think looks like someone uh, giving him an injection." Did not notice that. Yeah, oh, no, they they clearly show the guy with the needle, then they flash the, the needle going into uh, Michael. Oh. Now, it could just be, you know, a sedative, because it looks like his arms are tied, so maybe it's just oh. a sedative. And, and right. maybe, that may have been Zeke. It was a really quick shot. I couldn't really tell. I don't think he's brainwashed, only because of his, like, serious anguish when he did the shooting. Yeah. I mean, I feel like a brainwashed person would be completely robotic and unremorseful. You know, someone mentioned that uh, that uh, I don't I don't remember where I read this. I read too much, thing, too many things, too many places. But someone mentioned that uh, Libby, this idea that Libby was another, which I don't believe, right? And that, me either. And that the reason Michael was so upset when he shot her was because he realized he wasn't supposed to shoot her because he knew she was another. Yeah. Yeah. I just want to de- I just want to say I don't believe that. Right. I don't either. I think he was upset when he had to shoot uh, Ana Lucia, too. Yeah. Um, it's just that Libby was kind of a shock because she just storms in there, and then he shoots her real quick. And so I think he was more surprised by that because he didn't expect to have to do that. You know, I said it before, and I'll say it again. Blankets can kill. They can kill people. <laughs> blankets can kill. Uh, and, if you don't and, take anything else, else away from this podcast, just and, – And bad picnic planning can kill. Indeed. Uh, um, who knew you needed blankets for a picnic? Everyone but Hurley, I guess. <laughs> Everyone but Hurley. Everyone but Hurley. Who knew people like to have something to drink while they're at their picnic? Everyone but Hurley. <laughs> um, who know. knew that two gallons of corn is not a good item to bring on a picnic? Uh, everyone but Hurley. Yeah. Everyone but Hurley. So we'll wrap up. Well, thank you very much for listening uh, to our podcast. We really appreciate it. We've seen the numbers go up day by day. Hopefully, you we guys. We know you're out there. We know you're out there. We thank you very much. Uh, and uh, keep listening. Please send us comments if you uh, would, would kindly do so. We'd love to uh, hear from you. We've got an email, which is lostlowdown at uh, gmail.com. So email us if there's, you know, things you want us to talk about or mention or stuff we've said that was wrong or incorrect or or, uh, or if you just want to um, find out how to send us money via PayPal. I mean, Indeed. either way. We know so. it's hard, but we managed to get a Gmail account. I mean, Yeah, we got very, a Gmail account. They're very, very exclusive to, you know, you have to be invited. And uh, we're just those type of people to be uh, to be part of the Gmail crew. And you should feel honored to send us an email. Yeah. Um yeah, so it, it encourages us to know that people are listening. So, you know, that's why we like to hear about it. Definitely. So, all right. 
guess that's it, right? Yeah. Oh, we found our we found our our new ending phrase, right? We we're just gonna lift it from uh, from uh, the show itself and and say thank you and namaste. That'll be our that'll be our ending. Um, right. I think it works. I think it works too. It's sort of perfect. It's not as uh, cheesy as uh, "Stay Lost." Stay right? Lost. We we're not making fun. We're just uh, poking fun. Right. We 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 hate it in a good-natured way. Yeah, definitely. Um, um, so yeah, uh, I think yeah, I think that's a that's a good one, and uh, so we'll stick with that. All right. Thank you and Namaste. Namaste and good luck. <laughs>